You are about to witness history in the making. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Pop Culture Gamers. I'm here with my uh, joint host Steve. Hi Steve, how are you doing? Okay, nice and warm now after this last week. So, Yeah, you've had a terrible time with your boiler, haven't you? <laughs> and the snow and the rain. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> anyway, not bad. Yeah, well, that's at least you're warm now, that's the main thing. Exactly. So... First off, what I want to do is uh, just do an uh, apology for our four part in the last um, episode. We did state that James Cameron had won the BAFTA Fellowship. I think that we went off on a little bit of a tangent. We did. Um, We did indeed, because it was actually, as you all know, Sir Ridley Scott. But what we are planning on doing is doing a special um, on looking at all of his films uh, at some time soon. So sorry we went off on a tangent, but it's just one of them things of you get distracted on a conversation and we've completely forgot where we were going and what we were actually originally talking about. So, um, as you do sometimes. So sorry about that. Okay. So Steve, do you want to tell us, uh, how your week's been? So I suppose this week's all been about the weather in the UK with storm Emma, storm Emma giving us the, uh, the worst snow that we've had in years. Um, red, red and amber warnings everywhere. Um, for us, Thursday, we hit four and a half inches of snow. And come the next morning as well, we had freezing rain. Yeah. That night, Thursday, I left my boiler on. I thought I left it on overnight. But it didn't happen because the pipe out the back still froze. And um, up in the morning, the boiler light was flashing because it couldn't fire up because of the the frozen, you know, um, condensation pipe out the back. Mm-hmm. And then I went to look at my car, and it was frozen like an ice lolly. <laughs> now, no kidding, no kidding. There was like four inches of snow on top, and I went and hit it, and it was like you could crack. It was rock solid, the whole car. So I didn't go into work Friday. Um, sorted out the because pipe. you couldn't get any car. No, and I also had the boiler not working, so that was important as well. So I had to f- defrost um, the pipe work, but then it was two. There's about three meters, two three meters of pipe work over to the where the drain is yeah but i tried to do that but that was no good so i had to take the pipe off the wall and drain part of it where i could pull the pipe off so the just the hose coming out the boiler was so yeah all good fun really um sounds like an absolute pain in the backside it was and it's been the warmest it's been nine degrees today and that feels like it's about 90 degrees considering What about yourself? Was it was yours as bad as me? Um. Well, I've worked from home all week, uh, or most of the week, I should say, not all week. I, yeah. I did go in for a day, <laughs> basically, and then we got weather warning. So it was sort of like if you can work from home, um, don't bother coming in, you know, kind of thing. Mm. So um, I just 
you know, sat with my laptop and did my work as I would do normally. It's quite nice actually having uh, the you know peace and quiet of uh, being at home, or I should say, it would normally be apart from the fact that my son's school closed. Of course, he did as yeah. well. So uh, that made it a little bit more difficult, but you know, such is life, isn't it? But my wife was. Uh, off for a couple of days looking after my son as well. Yeah. So I ended up, I thought, by the end of the week, and, you know, my uh, son was, uh, school was still closed, um, I thought, he's getting cabin fever. <laughs> I need to do something. Mm. So uh, I took the last day off as annual leave and just, you know, spent some time uh, doing stuff uh, with him. So, you know, just, you got to do these things as a parent every now and again, don't you? Um, yeah, we. I think all yeah. our family. Um, my missus was told not to come into work because how bad it was. Because mm. what happened? Because I don't know if you understand this freezing rain, which I've never really seen before. Just everything was a sheet of ice on the floor, on top of the snow. Yeah. So when I went around the house, I mean, I was on top of the snow. Obviously, I'm not very lightweight, but it was like crunching, like a topping from a. Um, you know, like a magnum ice lolly with the with the chocolate. Yeah, it was just like that because I was on top, making these crunching noises. I was walking around the house, and uh, yeah, it was just so dodgy. So I've emailed my office, but no one got back to me. So yeah, well, it's just because you're a soft southerner. That's all it is. Because what you call harsh winter, we call summer. Well, I, I, I tell, I tell, I don't, I, I feel really sorry for those that were really further up north in Scotland. Oh yes, indeed, yeah. It's, I mean, it gets bad up there normally anyway. I mean, we had the news on, and there was they showed you the new forest on the Thursday night. Yeah, and there was cars stuck in in the um, snow for eight hours in the new forest. Some... It was just ridiculous. There was something I was watching on the news, and it was somewhere down south where it was like someone said that they'd been in the, stuck in a vehicle for seventeen hours and moved a hundred meters. Yeah, and then we had, we had there was a train train just outside of Christchurch where I am. Um, it it left London at whatever time. It arrived about one o'clock in the morning. But it broke down. There's one thousand five hundred passengers in there, not going anywhere. That's where lift supplies in to keep them warm and drinks and everything else. Yeah, it's stupid. Well, as I think really as a country, we're quite ill-prepared for really poor weather. That's the main problem. I mean, it's great that the snow's gone for some of us, but now I've got flood warnings in my area. <laughs> yeah, so, you trade one for the other, don't you? You do, yeah. It's really funny, but there you go. So. And just to think, next weekend, the clocks go fall because it's beginning of spring. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and we lose an hour in bed. Woo! <laughs> but it'll soon be autumn when we get that back. Oh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, other than that, I've been getting on with audiobooks as oh, well. Yeah. Yes, um, that's very interesting, I must admit. Yeah, and I've been listening to one of your favourites, Ready yeah. Player One. I'm already on part two already myself, to be honest. Uh, about chapter 22 at the moment. Yeah, well... I have to admit, I know that you love it, mm. um, and I have to admit, it's a massive roller coaster ride of Easter eggs for the listener. You know, of the I would say thirty to fifty year old sort of uh, age period. Mm. But 
I have to admit, I just don't feel that the world is believable. And I don't mean just in the Oasis, I mean everything about it. I just, I know that a lot of people have talked about the love for this. And this is like really like a, a mecca for pop culture, isn't it, really? Because it's absolutely littered with uh, references right the way through from early video games to movies and everything else. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think the story's beautifully uh, scripted. I think it's very clever in its incorporation of the references. Um, but I just... I kind of feel that unless you're in our sort of age groups and maybe you're up to about 10 years younger than us, Mm. you'll get it. Whereas I think the more towards the millenniums that you get, the less that all a lot of that becomes relevant. And I just, Oh, I mean, that is going to be the case, but I think the way they, the way they've supposedly filmed the movie and they've added in, sort of video character, for example, from Overwatch and stuff like that, and just to make it more relevant. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I- so maybe maybe the book won't appeal as much until they've seen or seen the movie. They might then go to the book afterwards. Yeah. I, I just I just think that, that the, it just it doesn't quite work for me. Um, as as because it's not in the Star Wars universe. No, no, it's no. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm not that shallow. <laughs> and also, it's not because it's not in the Star Trek universe either, or any any other universe. It's just I just didn't find it as a believable world. I, I just, well, I suppose I, it's each to their each. It's still each to your own on, on yeah. anything like this. Um, I mean, I really love the story. And I like the way that the quests and how they were used with things that I can remember and, you know, without spoiling yeah. spoiling the book side of it, because we're not sure how relevant it will be to, to come to the movie when that comes out. But um, I just, it, it does, it does run as, what's the right word to use now, if I can say it, it does resonate with me, because I was a teenager in the 80s. Do you well, know what so I mean? was I. <laughs> yeah, well, i <clears throat> but you were, I don't know what, I mean, I was, what, 16, about 1980? Yeah, I was um, 13 in 1984. So, so for me, finishing the whole, my whole teenage years was was, was those, those years. And all those movies that they were talking about, I actually saw in the cinema when they were released. And it all springs <clears throat> a lot of good memories back. Yeah, and it and, does with me as well, but... But you're kind of answering my point that I'm making in terms of I think it's a book that is aimed at. Oh us. no! Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's not aimed at you but, know. But that's why the film will be different because I'm not holding hopes that it's going to be exactly as the book because it won't be. No. It's a, well, there can be a lot of differences in that, and that will we, incorporate for people that are say in their twenties, thirties. Yeah. You know, and I think younger as well. Yeah, absolutely, and actually, he's um. Writing, he's writing the sequel book as we speak. Yeah, because they're going to do a they, they want to do a second movie. So they've gone and you know, um, Mr. Klein is now you know pen to paper for for, for the next book. Yeah, we'll wait and I, see. I think probably one of the things for me that didn't work so much, and considering we're pop culture gamers, this is probably going to be quite a 
contradictory sort this is of statement. This going to be the pop sarcastic Kate gamers in a minute. Go on, Gary. <laughs> but I just think that there was too much pop culture reference in it. Well, that was the idea, though, in the story, wasn't it? Because everyone... Yeah, I know that, because everybody's sort of like going along on these quests because it's about the guy who invented the Oasis and about them them chasing, you know, his, like, holy grail in there to become the, you know, the controller of the company or whatever, because that's his will. But in the way of the world is because of him, the 80s came back on another spin and everyone was into the 80s in that time in the book do you know what i mean so yeah it's the way the way it went really because even as um way talking to the the grand that he was he was living with saying that you know she you know she was there when it happened and was reliving moments for him telling him stories because obviously he's you know early teenage years and just taking all that information in that you know he's getting second hand now that he would he thought he'd love to be there at the time but you know it's I just, you know, we'll see. It's I'm going to definitely go and try and see it on on release. Oh, I'm going to go and try and see it as well. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not <coughs> not enjoying it. I just not. I'm not engaging in the world, you know, the universe of it as much as I thought I would. I just it, like I said, it's just. I think my suspension of disbelief is still there. Do you know what I mean? I've not accepted it as a universe. Well, I think I think the way it's read as well is very well done. Yeah. And uh, Will Wheaton, even though he has to mention his own name in the book, <laughs> um, I think he's done ex- excellent with it, to be honest. Yeah, he's not done too bad at all. Mm. Not done too bad. But anyway, well, we'll see. I'm, I'm, look, you know, I'm looking forward to the film. <coughs> mm. So which, uh, I'm not sure when that's released. It's end not of, too end, long. End of it? March. Yeah. So three, three, four weeks away. Yeah. So well, we'll see when when it comes out. Um, moving on. Um, you've had complaints about your Xbox controller, Elite controller, mm. and the rubber coming off the back. Mine started it now as well, very right. slightly, but it has finally started it. <laughs> so quite clearly the acid in my blood is not quite as thick as yours Your, I say yours is as green as mine you know that don't you yeah <laughs> but yeah it's it's a it's a fault in it i'm sure it is and i've you know i've got this i've got this rubber you know the one you pointed me to which i have this rubber sleeve over the whole controller which helps mm. but you can get you can get your first one replaced for free though can you? Yeah. But isn't that only if it's in warranty? Um, I'm assuming so, but you can give it a go because I did, but they wouldn't give me the, in the second one. Gits, but you know. Yeah. I, I think it is wrong when it is a a design flaw because they're not using the right sort of um, glue. Yeah. I, had to, I think, I I think mean, it would have been better with a clip-on, to be honest, the way that the other part is. Yeah. I mean, I've been tempted to actually get a scalpel out and trim it and just glue it with some super glue. But yeah. it's just spending a bit of time with it, you know. Well, that's what I'm kind of considering doing, to be honest, just getting some super glue and sticking it down. Because it's only just to say lifting up at the moment, but that'll soon change. Oh, it will do. Trust me. Yeah. <coughs> so, but when I saw it uh, last night, I thought, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Never mind. These things uh, happen to us, don't they? So other than that, I've been watching a few things uh, this week, which I'll talk about. I didn't actually get to see um, The Flash or uh, Legends of Tomorrow simply because my Skybox completely did not record, despite the fact it was on series link with recording, you know, the next series as soon as it became available. Well, so maybe not, maybe there's a floor in your HD box. You might need to go for the Sky Q one instead. I'm not paying an extra tenner for Sky. I think they're getting more than enough money out of me as it is, to be honest. Well, you know, you can always ask about it and they might give you, you know, obviously you have to pay for the box, but you might, yeah. but then they might waiver that. That you know, you can always try it on and ask them. Yeah, well, I, I think I am going to message them because I've had loads of programs mm. that I've set to record, and then because Sky call it something different, like new The Flash, it doesn't pick it up. Well, that shouldn't make a blind bit of difference, to be honest. No, it shouldn't, but it does. That's the thing, because mm. exactly the same thing with the Dragon's Den and other programs <coughs> as well, where I've, you know, got it on series link mm. and, you know, set up for recording the next time it comes round. Even the new, you know, series of tw- Trolleyed, which is just finished. The only reason why I knew that was on was because I was flicking through the channels and they said, and next, the new series in Trolleyed. And I thought, <laughs> what? Why so why it should be recorded now because it's three minutes before it's about to start because I have of mine set three minutes before it starts just in case. Yeah. And it didn't do so no, I I think that they've got serious problems on that system. Well you could you could phone them up saying you've got a real issue with that with that box. They may well send you a replacement HD box. Maybe. But that doesn't mean you know I mean it's up to you really, because then you will lose everything on that box you've got. Well, I'm not too bothered about that, to be honest, because um, I tend to watch stuff and then, you know, keep a whole series till I've got to the end of it in case I want to go back mm. and then delete it when I finish watching it all. Oh, okay. So, but we always, I always seem to be running with about 4% left. <laughs> well, I'm on... But I'm I have on... a lot. I have a lot on there. Well, I'm on 70% and I've, yeah. got, I've got the bigger Sky Q box. But I've got all of all the whole of of, of the um, strike back seasons there. I've got the bulk of X Files at the moment that's been recording. Um, X Files. That's another example that didn't record. Weird. That's another one that didn't record uh, as well because that was set up as well for um, you know recording when it came back. <laughs> mm. and, all so, my, all and, my, and all my preference for movies. Or TV shows is to, is to record in UHD as well. So yeah. if there's a UHD version, they will record that version compared to the uh, standard. Mm. And considering what I've got on my box is like shed loads, absolute shed loads. Yeah. Well, I might uh, send, uh, get in contact with the customer support and uh, see what's wrong because mm. it's clearly there is something no matter with the system. So, anyway. Uh, other than that, gaming-wise, I've got a bit of all sorts uh, this week, um, so we'll have a look at that. And in fact, one of the games that you're, uh, you've got to uh, talk about, I've also got, but I haven't got it in the way that you have. <laughs> yeah, interesting, <laughs> isn't it? 
<laughs> yes, yes. Uh, um, what a surprise! But I, I won't, uh, I won't break you up. You know, ruin a surprise for what we're talking about. I'll leave it for a little bit. So I think with that, in that case, then we'll uh, move on to gaming this week. No longer a dream, but a reality. Okay, Steve, uh, do you want to uh, tell us what your bit of news is for this week? Okay, so four more titles on Xbox have gone enhanced. Um, this time, they're all 360 catalogue, but from the 360 catalogue. So we've got yeah. Crackdown, Fable Anniversary, Witcher 2, and Forza Horizon. So and this is a new Xbox enhanced ones as well, isn't it? They all are. They're all Xbox enhanced, yeah. Um, no, but there's, there is a new setting or something, isn't there, on Enhanced? Well, well, there's two settings, actually, which I've got in my notes for later when we talk about one of the games. because so I have played Crackdown um, extensively for a few hours um, yeah. to give that. So that's one of the games I've played. But, yeah, no, there, I've, I've, we'll talk about that a bit later with the um, with the game I've mentioned. But, yeah, there are, there is new settings in there for your Xbox. Okay. Which is pretty interesting. Um, do you, are you going to do the PlayStation Plus? Yeah, I'm going to talk about the changes to PlayStation Plus in a matter of fact. Um, everybody, boo, yes, indeed. Um, everybody should have been notified by PlayStation by now, I think. But basically, PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita games and titles will not be included in PlayStation Plus from the uh, monthly games allocated and, and from, Mar- from 8th of March 2019. So after the 8th of March 2019, the monthly games provided by PlayStation uh, uh, to Plus members will no longer be uh, or include any PS3 or Vita titles. Any PS3 or Vita uh, titles downloaded previously and added to your download list will remain there as long as you remain a PlayStation Plus member. Um, And beyond 8th of March 2019, monthly games will only include the PS4 titles. All other features and benefits of the PlayStation Plus service remain unaffected. And don't, so, for, don't forget that the price went up as well. So Yeah, well, I was about to say, so it's nice of them to just put the price up and then take away some of the benefits. Yeah. But to be fair, the PlayStation uh, 3 will be about 12 years old by then. Mm, that's fair enough. I understand that. And they can't keep going on forever. We understand that. But uh, does it really affect us all now? Well, I do pick up the PlayStation Vita title at its my list. Yeah, the Vita, I think, is more of a sting in the tail than the PlayStation 3, to be honest. Oh, yeah, it is, absolutely. Because there are <clears throat> a lot of people still use them. And, yeah. you know, that was quite a nice little thing to have. When, you know, for example, I bought mine quite late and um, getting those titles every month was, was building up a nice little catalogue to, to play away from home. Yes. But now I don't know how many, I'm assuming we're going to get two titles, is it, for the PlayStation each month now? Then- I don't know. I don't know because I think that uh, obviously what they'll probably try and do is ramp up their VR. Stuff. Yeah, but that's no good. That's not going to be any good for a lot of us, is it? So that's a load of tosh, to be honest. They should, well, I think they should at least add another title from the PlayStation for the PlayStation Four after taking two away to give one back that would be an extra, you know, an extra PlayStation Four title. 
They've got plenty in that back catalogue they can go back to. Yes, they have. Uh, I mean, I must admit, I am disappointed in the fact that, obviously, we're losing so much. But I wouldn't have been bothered if they'd have turned around and said PlayStation 3. But I think the Vita, even you know, people use those quite regular, I think, mm. those who have them. Um, and they're nice to have in there as well. But, you know, for those of who, those who do have a Vita. So I just, I think maybe it's a little bit too much to be pulling the plug on. And to be honest, unless you've got PlayStation VR, then those VR games are going to be useless to you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's great value for money for people who have VR, but for those of us who don't, it is a complete and utter waste of time. At least with the Vita titles, they were available on the PS4 or PS3 as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't I mean, think of many that were exclusive. Excuse me. Yeah, well, I mean, Xbox give you four titles a month. Yes. Two back compact and two new. Yeah. And, I mean, how many titles are we going to get if you're going to include the VR ones? Are they going to give us two VR and two PlayStation 4 titles? I don't know. I don't know. I but mean, they're... we'll have to wait and see what happens after, you know, in the um, after March. Because <clears throat> they've announced the, already the uh, the latest ones, haven't they, for the for this? Yeah, well, we'll come on to those uh, shortly anyway. So mm. um, I think I've got them uh, in a minute. Yeah, I have. Um, so... I just think it's a bit of a shame, uh, really, for the Vita because I, I can't understand why did Sony release the Vita when we're going to treat it so badly. Mm. You know, it, it's a great little handheld <coughs> console, but I mean, mind. I mean, just without saying what they are, until we get to it later. You're talking there's two titles there for the PlayStation Four. Then you've got a PlayStation Three title, two PS Vita titles. Then below that, there's another two PlayStation 3, another two PlayStation Vita titles. Yeah, well, and actually, to be fair, there's actually five PlayStation 4 titles in there, but with cross-buy with the Vita or PS3. Yeah. But we'll come on to that shortly yeah. anyway. Okay, so um, anybody who hasn't heard the news, then that's the uh, big changes coming to Plus. New releases uh, this week. We have Final Fantasy XV Windows Edition. So if you want to get that, that's available from the 6th. We've got TT Isle of Man on a PC, PS4 and Xbox One. Again on the 6th. On the 7th, we have Bravo Team on the PSVR and Fanatic, uh, sorry, Fanatics on the PlayStation 4, which is a PlayLink game. Um, on the 9th, we also have Scribble Notes Showdown on the PS4, Xbox One and Switch and Life is Strange Before the Storm Limited Edition on PS4 and Xbox One. Hmm. So, <coughs> some, well, Final Fantasy 15 would be good for the PC owners to uh, get that on, the, on uh, the PC, on Windows. Uh, Scribble Notes, I've played that a little bit. It's a bit of a weird sort of game. I don't know whether or not you've ever seen no, ones, I've only heard of it, but never really dived in in any shape or form. Yeah, it's a weird sort of game. And Life is Strange Before the Storm. I'm sort of, well, I started playing that on uh, the Xbox so, not so long ago. So what's the limited edition then? What's that mean? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, I presume it's got the soundtrack and stuff like that that the previous one had. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay, so charts this week. Well, we've got EA Sports UFC 3 uh, at number 5. At number 4, Monster Hunter World, um, which stays the same as it was the previous week. Number 3, up from 8 last week, is Call of Duty uh, World War 2. Number 2, up from number 3 last week, somehow it is Grand Theft Auto 5. And finally, this week, we've got uh, FIFA 18 still clinging on to that number one slot. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I know I said it last week, and I said it the week before, but how GTA 5 is still up there. It just beggars belief to be so high up in the charts. If it was number, like, 80 or something like that, I could Mm. understand it, but... In the top five all the time. How long's that been going on? Oh, God. How long? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, isn't it? It is. So, PlayStation uh, Plus games this week. For March, we have Bloodborne, Ratchet and Clank, Mighty Number no. 9, Claire Extended Cut, and uh, Bombing Busters. So, Mighty Number no. 9 is a cross-buy with the PS3, so you can also get the PS3 version. And also for the PS3, there is Legend of Care, PS Vita, Claire Extended Cut, and Bombing uh, Busters are both cross-buys as well. So, that's the uh, games for Plus this week. I think there's two good A-listed games there mm. in that collection. You know, Bloodborne is an excellent game. Yeah, I'm if not, you like Dark Souls, I've not really played them to be honest. So I will probably tick the yes to download, and we'll see whenever I get a chance. I, th- I think you're going to like this, you know. Hmm, I don't know. Um, because you go for that sort of like horror-y kind of universe, yeah. and Bloodborne <clears throat> is very much like that. And it, it does take a bit of skill and mastery to do. You know, you don't go in um, all swords blazing. I would say guns, but it's more appropriate probably swords and axes Yeah, um, in there. Uh, because you'll soon get overpowered. It does, you know, you have to be a bit more strategic in your attacks and more stealthy as well. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I sometimes I just like to go gung-ho and just, just dive in there and... You can't do that on this game. No, I mean, you know, like Assassin's Creed, you can you can do either or, but... Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Well, it'll be interesting to see if you do mm. download Bloodborne, what you think of it. I mean, I will I will download it all. Um, I'll download everyone that I can that's available for me to have. Yeah. This is going to be the last month of it, so... No, that's got another year. No, I went about with all the the other PS Vita titles. I'll download all of those and that's for another year. <coughs> oh, is it? Are you sure? Yeah, PlayStation Three and Vita titles will be included in PS Plus games until eighth of March, twenty nineteen. Ah, oh, okay. I thought so it we've was, got a year. I thought it was this month. I did when I first saw it because I misread it, but it's actually twenty nineteen, so it's not imminent. Okay, that's fine. Um, okay, so I, st- I stand corrected in my grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, 
Well, to be honest, because what got me when I saw that they were releasing PS3 games, I thought, well, why didn't they just do it from the day that it's launched? Yeah. For the month, because it didn't make sense. And then I reread the email and I went, oh. <laughs> you know, when you have you well, know, that, that I'm, moment. I st- I'm still doubting you because I'm actually going through my emails and have a PlayStation. Well, that, <laughs> that, that I put in a note is a cut and paste from the email. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to moan. It's all right. Okay. All right, then. Gaming this week, Steve. So, tell us about Crackdown Xbox One Enhanced. So, this game I thoroughly enjoyed back in the day. I did Actually, I didn't even look to see how old this game was, but it is a really old game now. Um, this came out as a... This came out, I suppose, to help promote Halo 3 at the time. Yeah. Because when you bought Crackdown, you got the beta um, built into the game on the menu system. So with the amount of people that love Halo, Crackdown got a good crack of the whip, shall we say, with this. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. So when I heard that these four games were being released, now I do I do own all four that have been given this um, Xbox One Enhanced treatment. So I fired mm-hmm. it up. I went and managed went to my manager. I downloaded all the DLC that I own as well. Yeah, and um, I'm pretty impressed. Um, firstly, just to remind you, to get to the menus on the 360, you have to push your two little buttons on your controller together yep. simultaneously. That brings up the dashboard, and when you go to your <clears throat> go to settings, you will see an Xbox One settings tab. And on default, they give you graphics over performance, but you can change it. Um, but to do that, you'll then need to reboot the game. Yeah. Um it looks it looks fantastic. I went into it so much I went and collected the first 100 orbs. And if you remember this island is set up in about let me think about four sections. Mm-hmm. And the major section on the left I've covered all of that and beaten all the bosses. And I've started the next one as well and I've climbed halfway up the tower at the middle to see how much my um <clears throat> with the orbs that I've got and how powerful I am, and thoroughly enjoying it. Um, no, no uh, achievements are popping at the moment because I've got the bulk of them anyway. But I just think it's a great game, and anyone that maybe have missed out on that should give it a go. Especially with well, them. I did. <clears throat> oh, so you never played it first time round? Well, I did, but I didn't get on with it. I just, I don't think I got the game at the time. Right. Um, whereas. I do get the game now, mm. <laughs> uh, but I've just not not gone back to it, you know, because it was like a very old uh, PlayStation, or X, sorry, Xbox 360 title. I just, I just thought, no, I'm not going to go back. There is a multiplayer for it. There is a multiplayer for it as well. Is there? Yeah. If I'm sure that is running still, because I did play that multiplayer with Glim back in the day. We would go running around hunting for orbs. Yeah. And yes, it's a blinding game. It's just a great bit of fun. Actually, this is now whetting my appetite for the new Crackdown. Whether it's released or not this year is a, another matter. Um, I like to think so now. Or some yeah. people some people are now saying, in hindsight, oh, this is out now because they're going to drop the bombshell and say it won't be out until next year. But we shall see. Yeah, on that. there's always people who are negative about stuff like that, isn't there? <clears throat> Yeah, but it's 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 you know it's a it's a great. It still looks because because it's a cartoon graphical 
image. It doesn't seem to have dated much, to be honest for mm. me. I think I've got maybe some people might say I've got rose tinted spectacles on, but by the by, I mean I really love it. Well, I'm going to dig it out because I've got the disc somewhere, so I'll install it from the disc. Yeah, and some people I think may have got this for nothing because some people said, "Where did that come from?" Yeah. So whether or not they've actually passed it on to people that may have not got it in their library. Because that would be a nice sneaky move. Because if with Crackdown 3 coming out, let's give them Crackdown 1 for nothing. Mm. Let's give them that Xbox One Enhance as well to give them some better graphics. Well, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Mm, absolutely. So, so yeah. So, the next two games, I've got Super Lucky's Tale and Halo Wars 2. But I've gone down the route of doing a free 14-day trial on Game Pass. <laughs> and I just thought, what the hell? Didn't you think about leaving it until right up until the launch of Sea of Thieves? No, because then that's all I'll be playing. I'm thinking, you know, I might even go down the month of maybe doing one month after. Yeah. So I've always wanted to have a go at Super Lucky's Tale. Now, I don't... <clears throat> if you remember this... This game back in the day was on the Oculus, and I played that on EGX. And to be honest, it made me feel a bit sick with the camera movement. Yeah. Um, I played an hour of it now on the Xbox, and there was talk that the camera movements were pretty awkward with with the controller. But I think it seemed okay to me. I mean, it's a it's a good look. It's a lovely looking game. Um, yeah. It's very much a, a you know it's, it's a it's a platformer style bounce around, jump on jump on the enemies, collect the coins, you know, pretty standard stuff. Yes. But I just thought that was a nice bit of nice breath of, breath of fresh air for me, because I don't think the last time I played a platform game like that. No, well, actually, I've uh, also got this one. <laughs> <laughs> so did you purchase it then, I presume? Yeah, I purchased it, because um, it was, how much was it? 20 quid? Yeah, it's a bit of that. Maybe even be cheaper. I think I don't know now, but yeah, it's, I'm sure I paid nineteen ninety nine for it. So, have you actually dived into this one yet? I have. I've uh, <clears throat> played the first uh, few areas in there. You know, getting the clover leaf, <clears throat> um, making up the name because you have to find the, the letters to make up his name as well, don't you? That's right. I think I've got about four of them. Um, yeah. <clears throat> But no, I, I think I think it's a lovely looking game, absolutely lovely. I think kids probably love this. See, I got this with the thing of I thought my son would like it, and he's just not played it at all. But to be honest, he's so obsessed with Roblox. Although this whole last week, mm. all that he's done is spend because I gave him my uh, old five C iPhone, right, and he's just spent the whole time. FaceTiming um, his friend playing Terraria and Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> so they sat there, both of them talking to each other, you know, with with the phones pointing at each other. So all I can think it says, thank God that that's actually on the Wi-Fi network because he hasn't got much data usage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd be making you bankrupt, wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, no, I've got it so that if, if he hits the cap... Mm. 
that's it. It's tough luck. But the the problem is, is because one of the reasons why I decided to give him an iPhone was to do, use the Find My Friends feature. Mm. So what? Because I'm on EE and he's on EE, and we're all on the same contract. Yeah. Um, what that means is on my new contract, I've got eight gigs a month. Okay. So I'm constantly feeding him, um, you know, another 250 megabytes here, there and everywhere <laughs> when he goes off to the park or whatever. So I can just make sure that he's going where he's supposed to be going. Yeah, have, you tra- have you tracked his phone by any chance as well? Yeah, well, that's a uh, five my friends thing. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe what you want to do is you want. I mean, I don't know if you've seen you playing like playing the game. You might. Yeah, you watched it. You know, because that's what sometimes can. Oh, let me have a go at that. Oh, yeah, I have the controller. And he actually looked at it and he said, "That's just a rip off of Tails off Sonic." <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, yeah, actually, the character does look just like Tails. I I did think that myself, to be honest. But I thought, what the hell? It's it's a new. I know IP they brought up there, and they've just tried to give us something that normally Xbox doesn't really do. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> but it's not uh, it's not just on Xbox, is it? It's not an exclusive. Uh, I think it's on PlayStation as well, isn't it? I don't think so. You sure? Yeah, I mean, you can have a Google in a minute when I talk about the next one, but um, <clears throat> I might be wrong. But I'm sure that's an that probably is. is on Xbox only because that was a launch title when the Xbox One X came out. Was it? I so why? That. So why you're looking at that now? Shall I go into the next one? Okay. So the other game I've been playing, you actually own as well. Yeah, I do. So I started playing Halo Wars Two. Now, when you hear of an RTS game, people think of it slow, boring, lackluster game. Mm-hmm. Um, but however, I don't know about yourself yet, but three four three, having put this game together with some of the best cutscenes I've ever seen in four K that look amazing, has sold it to me. Yeah, um, I've started the campaign, uh, which is in twelve parts, by the way. Um, completed the first part in one hundred and fifteen minutes, and I've just started um, chapter two, and I'm loving it. I've been on it all afternoon. To be honest, you've been you've been wanting to play this for ages, though. I have, I have, and that those cutscenes give you that bit of excitement as well. Yeah, they lift it. They do absolutely, and I think the way it was a bit different because sometimes the the, the way these RTS games work is you're going to just sit there and t- do your tower defense and and whatever, but it sort it the campaign sort of pushes you in a different in a, in a direction. Then you'd get to a point where then you got to build your base and go from there, and then clear the map to kill the big boss at the end. Yes. Thoroughly, I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't. And this game's a year old now. Did you know that? Well, yeah, because I played this um, when I went to the uh, PC Gamer event in London. Yeah. Remember so this, when I went last year? Yeah. So this came out February last year, believe it or not. Yeah, um, but it looks fantastic as well. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. Really, it's a good it, game. It's a definitely it's a very good game. There is there's other parts I haven't really looked at because I've got a stack of cards to open for this Blitz, which I I don't I haven't even looked at it yet. There's like a Blitz um, mode, so I haven't got a clue what that is yet. And there is um, there is like you know your 
sort of a <coughs> multiplayer side to it as well. Yeah. Whether or not that's against each other or not, or together, or I haven't got a clue. But um, I think we need to check this one out together, to be honest. And I think yeah. that, that was, see, that was the reason I was looking at the guy. I thought, oh, I just fancy something new to play. And I just went into the went into that past, looked at the games there, and there's a, there's a few I've got anyway. But I just thought, I really want to give that Lucky Tales a go, because I remember playing that on the Oculus, and I really want to play Halo, Halo Wars 2. They give you the whole game, but I think that some of the DLC you would have to pay for, redu- reduced or something like that. I have, to, I have to admit, I actually have the full Monty version. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If I do go away from the get the uh, the game pass for a while, maybe or whatever, this yeah. might this might come cheap and I'll pick it up. Well, I, I got it cheap. That was why I got the full Monty version. Mm. By the way, I've just had a look on my uh, Xbox One X and I actually have cracked down. <laughs> now I've never had that digital. That's just appeared. So I'm telling you, that's what they're doing. I'm so I'm put money on it. Yeah, very clever so, marketing clause, eh? Yeah, so if you're because uh, they're not telling us now when they're giving us free games, are they anymore? No, they're not. No, I think. It's and good. I wish that they would, because <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that that's an extra bonus for you know on a Microsoft sort of yeah. side. So I've got to ask you a question because I yep. you know I noticed this um, yesterday, and I've had another update this morning for the box. Have okay. You no- have you noticed the sounds on the Xbox? Um, no, because I'm not in the preview program anymore. Okay, because they've changed slightly. Have they? They've 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 slightly changed all the different sounds that you have while navigating and for achievements and for when your friends pop up, which are, which are quite like because it just it gives it a little bit of newness, if mm. you know what I mean. Um, I've also got um, when you normally go into your tabs for your games installed and games you've got. On the uh, <clears throat> on that menu screen, yeah. There's now a Game Pass menu. There's a Games for Gold menu as well. I'll have to give us. I'll do a screenshot later tonight, and I'll, I'll pass it over to you. You can see what I mean. Well, I, I know that on mine there's a memberships. Yeah, that's right. You got the memberships. So there's, there's obviously the three different memberships you can have. Yeah. Um, but there's also a uh, a Game Pass menu now for me because I've obviously got the Game Pass at the moment. Mm. And also a games for gold menu. Really? The, yeah, I, I never noticed it before until um, yesterday. So, I think I'm going to have to go back in the preview program to be honest, because I I came out because of um, Forza Seven. Yeah, and what right. happened there? <clears throat> you did, and you had a bit of a rough ride, didn't you, with that? Yeah. So I thought I'm gonna when I got the X, I thought I'll come out of it for a while, but. I want to see some of this new stuff that's coming out, so I think I'm going to go back in. Mm. Oh, I think it's worth it. It's no problem, you know. Um, there's also some other little, inch, in, there's some other little tweaks they've done with, uh, you know, like the light and dark settings for your screen. Yeah. So you can have a dark background or a white background. You can now set that for a timer. So all right. So if you want during the daytime, you want the white background, so that's more visible. And yeah. then you can change it at a certain time to make it night, so make it a black background for night time. I don't understand why the, you can't just set the colour that you want. <clears throat> but you can now set either or, and you can give them a timer how long they're on for. No, but I mean, if you wanted it 
purple, for example. Oh yeah, but this is just the, this is for the for, for looking at the menus. You know, you've got a white backgrounds, white on yeah. black and black on white. Yeah. So you can now have them on a timer. So once yeah. a day and once a night, because it makes it easier during the day than it would do at night and vice versa. Right. So, but yeah, pretty good actually. I quite you know, there's some other treats coming our way. Apparently, they're not mentioned. It's supposed to be really good, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Well, there's a whole new career for achievements as well, isn't there? Coming. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think I better uh, <coughs> better go and start investing oh, in there myself. If, if achievements are down there, you want to get on that one. Oh yes, achievements. <laughs> so, <laughs> should I? I'll give this away now because obviously we mentioned it last week. Yeah, and because of um, the way the, the way the episode went, we didn't get it out. So. Outlaw four one one has given me a month's Game Pass to give away. Now this is not the one I use, by the way. I actually went for the fourteen day myself. Yeah. So you guys can have this now. If any of you like me are in in like the the, the two week um, pass free, you won't be able to use this. So as long as you haven't dived in at all in the Game Pass in any shape or form, you better use this part this um this month's. Um, free pass. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, while I just take a sip of water, while I, I don't want to, I want to give this out right to the guys. So we have H F C C K T seven G T four R F four two J X G seven C D. And then the last is YC7, sorry, YC27Z. So if anyone grabs that, let us know so we can um, send your feedback to, to Outlaw. And then next week, we'll, um, we'll give you an Xbox game away next week as well. Very good. So are you disappointed me there, Steve? I thought you were going to do with the phonetic alphabet. No, do you know why? Because sometimes I cock it up, so I thought I better not. <laughs> Shall I do it? <laughs> if you well, wanted... tell Foxtrot, Charlie, Charlie, Kilo, Tango 7, Golf, Tango 4, <laughs> Romeo, Foxtrot, 4-2, Juliet, X-X-Ray, Golf 7, Charlie Delta, Yankee Charlie, 2-7, Z-Zebra. Are you trying to put me down now, me or what? <laughs> I used to work for the police, mate. I know my phonetic alphabet. I do know. Sometimes you forget one. You go, oh, M4, M4. Mm. See, I can, the thing is, I can read it really fast. I, can, I just can't write it in the same way because I have to go, Zed, that's for... Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, do you want to um, ch- chat us about whatever you've got there on your list? Okay, well, I've got uh, a few. I've uh, this week completed yet another game. Uh, and also been playing another couple. So first one, I'm going to go back to one of my favourite games, which is Elite Dangerous, and it's now Elite Dangerous Beyond Chapter 1. Why? <laughs> because this is a whole new load of content that has come out. Okay. And the great news is, for this new content, mm. it's free for all players. And focuses on a lot of the community requests enhancements uh, to the overall player experience. And it launched on the 27th of February. So it's all brand new stuff. There's a new crime and punishment system to improve the response uh, to players' criminal activities, making 
open gameplay fairer and more competitive so you don't get basically people picking off low ranking uh, players and nicking the cargo mm. and things like that. There is the introduction of Galnet audio. So in, if you remember when you docked at a station, you could look at the Galnet, which was like the universe's internet. Uh, and now there's an audio, you know, thing about all of the latest news. So you can listen to it other than reading it, basically, yeah? Exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, for those of you with the Horizons version of the game, because there is still a difference between the standard and Horizons, um, you will get new contacts such as tech brokers, dealers of rare tools and technologies to give you the chance to acquire new items based on their personal narrative uh, and experience. And material traders will allow uh, the commanders to convert and exchange materials, making engineering, which the engineers was part of the Horizons. It was, yeah. The pack to be able to unlock missions with tech brokers and make them more accessible. So it'll help you out in that way. There are new uh, improvements to the trade data overlay, helping you to find the most profitable trade routes so you don't necessarily have to go to external websites anymore. Um, And there's been an overhaul in the mission reward system, uh, which is the main bit that I checked out, to be honest, uh, allowing you to decide between the different rewards, which can include like a large financial uh, reward and a little bit of influence or um, reputation that you earn as a result of doing it or more reputation or more influence and less of the others, you know, the other sort of rewards like cash, Mm. or you could also get more goods rather than cash or reputation or a mixture of all of them. So, it gives you a bit more flexibility in terms of the way that you want to play. And, um, well, it's obviously, I've noticed first time I've really played it on the Xbox One X as well. And the graphics, uh, it looks phenomenal on that system. I haven't really, I haven't really gone to it yet, to be honest. Well, you should do. Just sit in your ship and look at the space station, you know, that you're docked in. <laughs> yeah, wherever I am. <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't be able to get out. I haven't played it for so long now. I've probably forgotten all the controls. <laughs> I have to admit, because I've got a Python, which is quite a large ship, it was a little bit... Um, Touch and go? <laughs> I was going to say brown trouser moments going through the envelope of the space station <laughs> when I went on a trip. I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to hit, I'm going to... Oh, I'm through sort of thing but uh you know it's very quickly came back although i was sat there thinking i really wish i'd put an autopilot on but that is cheated <laughs> no why not that's what science fiction's all about no it's it's cheating and it also takes up cargo space ha, whatever <laughs> well, i want to maximize my profits yeah yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah it's uh it looks really good does the game um, absolutely beautiful on 4K? Uh, so really check it out is uh, my recommendation there, if, especially if you've already had the game, not looked at it for a while. Get that uh, either physical or digital copy dusted off and get it loaded up because there's new content in there for you to go at and there's more to come as well. So there's the planning on a, a few more bits and pieces. All of it's 
going to more or less be quality of life. But also the other thing as well is now there's an escalating war with the Thargoids, who were the alien races from the original um, elite, you know, going back to 1984. So there's new aliens, new weapons, there's a new type of ship you can get as well that's been specifically designed to combat the Thargoids. Mm-hmm. So all sorts in there. Um, I'm, I'm at fact, I'm, I think I might go looking for one of those ships, one of the new ones, see how much they are. Probably don't have enough money because I've only got about 100 million credits. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, Elite Dangerous uh, Beyond. Um, the next game I've played is a game called Amicrog. Or Army Krog, I should say. Hmm. Um, and it's a stop motion point and click adventure comedy that's been released on Windows, OS X, Linux, PS4, Wii U, and Xbox One. So it's a good cross platform game. And basically, it's the spiritual successor to the Neverhood um, game that was released that also used claymation. So it's very like Aardman kind of animations. You know, Wallace and Gromit and that sort of thing. Mm. And you play a character called uh, Tommy Knot, who's a space explorer who cla- uh, crash lands on a planet called Spyro 5. And you end up being locked inside a fortress called Army Krog. And that's why it's called the name it is. Uh, you're accompanied um, by your talking and occasionally flying a dog called Beak Beak, who is colourblind. So when you go into his character, the world turns black and white. Oh, okay. That's cool. Which is quite a, yeah, it's quite a neat sort of trick, but it does make seeing it quite difficult. Mm. Uh, but he's able to see in special wavelengths that uh, Tommy Knot can't. Um, and basically it's a normal point-and-click kind of adventure you know there are uh, lots of puzzles to sort out i'm not really sure that the game guides you that well through but uh, i did complete it um took a few hours uh, to complete to be fair um because essentially when you get to a certain point in the game you have to revisit several different locations because uh, there is these um all i can really describe them as is alien octopuses who talk to you but they talk to you in an alien language and you do something to try your part of your quest is about learning how that alien language works so that you can then re go read through it and you can find out information to progress further into the game and uh you have to go and revisit them at a certain point in the game uh, as well just to be able to listen to what they have to say. Um, and then that feeds into unlocking another problem later on. So it's an interesting uh, sort of concept. You know, it's you know a well, well-trodden well sort of area. The animation's uh, really quite good. Um, however, I think that there's one main problem with this as a game. Mm, and that is, it just really wasn't that funny. Because it's supposed to be a comedy, you know, a comedy game. Did it make you laugh? No. <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> it was one of those ones of I thought, I'm going to play it. 
because you know I got it in a sale and I thought right I'll give it a go see what it's like and um I'd heard it was you know two three hours maybe four if you really struggled with some of the um puzzles because there there are a couple that are quite confusing in terms of matching up symbols and stuff like that and if you miss certain things at certain points in the game you've got to do a lot of backtracking for a couple of the um the tests that you have yeah. to do hmm. um so that can cause a little bit of a delay but I just, I just didn't find it, find it to be that humorous myself. Uh, but maybe, maybe I'm not the the market that it's really aimed at. Uh, like I said, I would say average completion time for a normal gamer would be two to four hours without a guide, hmm. which is about what it took me. Um, and overall, not the best experience, not the worst, but it's something that I would have happily have passed. On you know, I, I wouldn't play it again. How much, It'll be how much did you pay for it? Was it? Uh, it was. It was in on a sale. I can't remember. <coughs> it would have been about four or five pound. Mm. Yeah, okay, but all right. You know, if if you like point and click adventures, you might get something out of it. Uh, the last game I've got to talk about today is Agents of Mayhem. Yes, uh, it's a. Saints Row clone, isn't it? No. Okay. Um, it's not a clone. As child of, it's probably the better way of describing it. So, it's from Volition, who also produced Saints Row, mm. and you can definitely tell that the game borrows heavily from the series as well. The colour scheme has exactly the same purple, for example. You know how the Saints always had everything purple? Well, this is the same. It's an open-world action-adventure in a third-person perspective, exactly the same as um, Saints Row. And Agents of Mayhem is also in a shared universes with Saints Row and also the Red Faction series as well, which I never actually realised before. Uh, and it's taking place after uh, Recreate Earth Endings, uh, ending of Saint Row for standalone expansion for uh, Get Out of Hell. I never got into these. See, I was big time into Saint Row four, not three. Mm, Couldn't I, stand Saint Row for three. I have some on Back and Pat or yeah. wherever I, there are in my, my my list, but I don't I don't know what it was. It's I think it was like trying to do what GTA was, and no, no, nothing like. When you first start, it might do, but to be honest, you're playing a game that I would say that Saints Row 4 is more like. Because, well, Crackdown. Oh, okay. Because just like in Crackdown, you have orbs which give you extra powers. Yeah, So that you can, you know, jump higher, run faster, or whatever. Yeah. And they get to, you know, ridiculous levels. And I loved Saints Row. For because of all of its homages to the 80s and early 90s, you know, with like Hadaway and things like that, playing, yeah, <clears throat> you know, as uh, part of the music. So, there's this uh, on Saints Row 4, there's this one particular bit where you're the president of America who's been 
captured and you escape, but you're completely naked and you're running around, you know, naked on this spaceship with, you know, then you get rescued and then as you're escaping, it's playing What is Love by Hadaway, <laughs> you know, it's, <coughs> excuse me, it's all, uh, it's all in a really good laugh. So, uh, anyway, the game plot for uh, Agents of Mayhem revolves around an organisation known as Mayhem or the Multinational Agency for Hunting Evil Masterminds. I know it sounds like a really bad B-movie script, doesn't it? It, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> so it's founded by Persephone Brimstone, a character that you see in Gat Out of Hell. Hmm. And is funded by the Ultor Corporation, one of the main uh, antagonists of the Saint Row 2 series and Red Faction. Uh, later merging with the Saints Row in uh, Saints Row the Third, so it's all tied up together. Are these things? And I n- never realised before that um, Saints Row was tied up with this. But anyway, mm. not with, with um, not not with this with Red Faction. Oh, okay. Um, so Mayhem's goal is to stop the supervillain. Uh, supervillain. Supervillain organization called legion or the league of evil gentlemen intent on obliterating nations <laughs> sounds a bit sounds a bit back crazy sounds a bit specter ish really or was it was it was the league of gentlemen <laughs> Do you remember with sean connery <laughs> yes yeah but no I, I i think that they thought well we can't use specter so let's make up another one name so they f- f- uh, figured something out to fit for legion well, he could have had uh, Smirsh, but they might have got copyright on that one. <laughs> maybe. But, uh, from, dis- you know, so th- Legion's set out to destroy the world. Mayhem's there to protect it. Mm. Um, and it takes place in a futuristic version of Seoul, the, uh, South Korean, uh, city, uh, builders, the city of tomorrow. Um, and the game features a total of 12 agents that you can choose to complete any of the missions. You can have three agents per mission and you decide which ones that you want to take on that mission. Each agent has their own uh, unique play style and abilities. Uh, for example, there's one called Hard Attack who uses a shotgun as his primary weapon, whereas another one called Hollywood uses a assault rifle. Uh, and as you deal damage to your enemies, you accumulate points that fill up your power bar. When the power bar's filled up, you can then use your mayhem abilities, which are super moves, uh, that greatly aid you in the combat against whoever it is that you're fighting. And in addition to the main uh, campaign, there are also uh, unlocks uh, for unlocking new agents. So Because you start off with three, and as you progress through the story, you unlock more and more. Um, and then there are other sort of quests and that that you can go on as well. Uh, you know, it's a good size map. The graphics look, you know, really good as well. It plays okay. You know, it's, it's not a game that's ever going to set the world on fire with its originality or anything like that, but it's an enjoyable game. And given the fact that this was £10 for the ultimate edition of it last week, on games for gold mm. i wasn't really gonna say no and you can still pick up the standard edition which to be fair just has a few skins difference um for well about a 10 and now on disc <clears throat> oh, okay so yeah. it's well worth having a look maybe i should check this one out then i think you should i think you'd probably enjoy it 
Mm. Um, mind you, if you haven't really got into Saints Row, you might not. No. Well, at the moment, <clears throat> yeah, I know. I've got I've got quite a few games on the go at the moment now, so maybe I'll leave it for a while. Well, isn't Saints Row one of the ones that's on Game Pass? One of them might well be, but there's also, I've got one from Games for Gold as well. Yeah, it's Get Out of Hell on Games for Gold. Mm. But I'm sure it's Saints Row 4 on Game Pass, and I think you might enjoy um, Saints Row 4, actually, probably more so than Agents of Mayhem because of the pop culture references that are in there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'll look. have a look at it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else to add for games this week then, Steve? No, I'm just thinking, I did, what else have I played? I did, I, I have played a little bit more of Horizon Zero Dawn, very briefly. How are you finding that? I'm just trying to get used to the controls for the, for how what you're doing, if you're with me. Yeah. Um, it's pretty gradual progression there for what you're using but sometimes I was a bit oh what am I doing now you know where do I go where do I see it on the map you know I was being a bit thick sometimes but maybe that's me uh but yeah it's all right looks lovely must admit and it's and actually that's a year old now isn't it yeah it is and there's a few um gorilla have put up a few free bits and pieces on the PlayStation store I think they've got some avatars they got some avatars there for you and a new um, screen, not screensaver, but they got a new wallpaper for the PlayStation as well. All right, you can okay, I'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, that's all free to get. Yeah, cool stuff. Other than that, I can't think of anything else. I'm sure we'd do normally, but we've got lots to talk about still. So, yeah, I mean, I also I did pick up a game called Energy Cycle. Yeah, which, to be fair, is quite renowned for being quite easy achievements. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to. I'm being honest. I did so because um, it's a couple of quid, basically, uh, and it's um, a puzzle game where you've got overlapping um, energy orbs, mm. and if you click on one, it changes the row to okay. a different color, and they cycle through three colors. Um, and if the cross, if you click on one that crosses between two rows then it'll change both rows accordingly. Mm. And the idea is is just to make everything the same colour. There are 30 levels. Took me about 30 minutes. Okay. It's, but they are, <laughs> to be fair, they, some of them are quite, you know, they've got quite a lot of moves in. Mm. But they're the type of things of eventually you're going to figure it out no matter how many, you know, times you actually play it yeah but a pretty easy thousand gamer score for a couple of quid if anybody wants it but um <laughs> ask chef alan he might want, want to catch up a bit you know <laughs> yeah when well, he is getting a bit green isn't it you know it, it goes well with his national color <laughs> Ooh, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't want to say that in front of him i <laughs> know we already made it in jest but, uh, yeah, I mean, because it, it was actually interesting. It was that game, uh, Energy Cycle, was given for free, I think, in America. Okay. But but it, it's only just become available over here. But uh, I just thought I would check it out because one or two people had been saying to me about having a look at it. So, like I said, it was I think it was two thirty nine, something like that. So it's not a lot of money wasted. But um, 
certainly unless you want a thousand gamer score quite easy it's not worth it mm. you know because you're not going to get a lot of play out of that i've also been playing a bit of wolfenstein uh two the new colossus yes i've been playing a bethesda game <laughs> and i'll probably talk more about that next week mm. absolutely yeah okay in that case then we'll move on to movies tv and streaming in quest of a better life. Okay, so news for um, things you've got something are from Sky, Steve. Do you want to uh, talk us through that? Yeah, so Sky have got a new partnership with Netflix. Um, I thought this my my sort of my ear sort of pricked up on this one. Now. Sky have announced a new partnership deal which allows subscribers across Europe to access Netflix shows like Life is Strange, so Life is Strange, sorry, Stranger Things, House of Cards and what have you. And while Netflix has already have deals with BT, Virgin Media and TalkTalk, Sky have been a bit more hesitant to join forces with the streaming giant. However, the new partnership deal which has been struck means that shows like Narcos and Black Mirror and The Crown will become available as a part of your new Sky Entertainment package. So that sounds pretty interesting. So is this going to be like an app on the SkyQ box where you can access the full range of... Um, I, um, I don't know if they... It may well be. I don't know how they're going to pin it to the... Um, going to pin it to their... You know, their... How they have it, how you have it on the, on the screen yet. Um, but the, this move... Um, the move was made after Sky discovered that very few customers dropped their Sky package in favour of Netflix. So, with the two varying wildly in price, it'd be interesting to see how this will come up. See, I think probably where I struggle with this is, it seems to be a bad deal for possibly both lots. And, uh, you know, both Sky and Netflix. And Mm. what what I mean by that is, is this included as part of your entertainment package cost? Well, I read somewhere else that they were saying that you, what you can do is you can sign in to your Netflix on Sky. Yeah. And also, if you wanted to, you could, com- you could, you could, you could have the, the, the payment to have you, how you have it, have it with Sky instead. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be cheaper or, if you've got everything, you're going to get it at a discounted rate or what? I don't know. Um, I just think it, we're going to have to wait another couple of months till they give us more information and when it's actually released. Yeah. But it might mean that you might get it a bit cheaper, maybe. I mean, I pay nine ninety nine for mine. For your Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Right. Um, and on the back of that, there's also talk of Spotify coming and HDR support, which will be very interesting. Well, I can't see why HDR support isn't already there, to be quite honest with you. But yeah, but it'd be interesting to see. I've been, been obviously we we do like to occasionally get by a, a 4K movie, mm. so it'd be nice to see maybe what the difference is, because I'd be saving a few more of them on my hard drive if that's the case. Yeah, and also, will they stream? HD HDR support with live TV maybe as well I don't know so there's a few questions to be answered yet but say so I'm sure it'll all come out in the wash over the next month or two 
mm. when it gets released. So, yeah, interesting, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <coughs> okay, so that's it for the news. Oh, I'd, actually, I suppose that there is a not so much as a bit of news, as rather um, more of a reference than anything else. But evidently it would have been James Dewan's 98th birthday. Yeah, I know. So for those of you who don't know, that is uh, Scotty from Star Trek. It would have, he would have been uh, 98, uh, well, today, this Sunday, had uh, he still been alive. Unfortunately, no longer with us, but uh, it's always nice to you know look back and think about all of the good times that we had with uh, him. You know, you, Not that he ever said it, but you kind of change the laws of physics. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> aye. You kind of change the laws of physics, Jim. Oh, we, yeah, we won't but, start. We won't start singing the firm's version. <laughs> no, no. Although I must admit, I do love the firm's version. It is <laughs> such a funny song. Mm. Um, but yeah, so just a point a note for that as well. Um, did, did you say somebody also? There was been a someone's oh, died as well, hasn't there? Yeah. Sorry, I haven't got it on my other screen. Let me bring it up. So, David Ogden Steers has died now. If you know Mash and you know Major Winchester, this is the guy. Unfortunately, he he say he had a good. He was seventy five, um, but you know him probably more for Star Trek. So yeah, if you go back a bit later and Google Google his um, what he's done, he he was in Next Generation. Yes, if he you was. you remember rightly, but yeah, I mean they're coming thick and fast now. These actors aren't they? That's because we're getting old, man. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, isn't it? I mean, because there's a few more still kicking around. I mean, I was what was I watching the other day? And I was talking to the missus about it. Um, I can't remember what. We, it was some TV show or something we was watching. I was saying, God, I can't believe that that woman's still alive and she's in her 90s. You know, it's just, <clears throat> you know, people live live long, good old ages these days. Yeah, but, well, I mean, you know, I'm quite sure that we'll be, you're seeing a lot of bigger names that we've known for a long time disappearing, Yeah, you know, in the next 10 years, because there is, um, you know, who's seen Sean Connery for years? I know. We've already lost one Bond, so. Yeah, he's a bit of a a recluse these days, isn't he? He is, he is. Um, I, mean, I don't think he's been seen for years in public, really, has he? No, I mean, and then, I mean, I'm not saying that we're having a, having a bit of a, a a death note on this or anything, but, you know, people like Clint Eastwood aren't getting any younger, are they? No. Michael Caine. Yeah. You know, not that we ever want to see them go, but we know that, you know, we're all going to go that way. Because the one thing for sure is you don't get out of life alive. No. No, unfortunately, we all go. We all end up the same way, six feet yeah. under. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Well, not necessarily. Could we could be cremated or buried at sea? <laughs> oh god! But yeah. yeah. Anyway, let let's not dawdle on the melancholy, <laughs> shall we? Shall we no, move on to the cinema let's, releases? Let's have some less doom and gloom. Yeah. So, cinema releases. 9th of March. We've got uh, Gringo. We've got uh, Mum and Dad. Wonder Wheel, You Were Never Really Here, and Sweet Country. So, not really f- that familiar with any of those ones, are you? 
No, I don't think so. Not at all. I saw Gringo advertise the other night, but I didn't really take much much attention to it. No, but, uh, no, I can't say I did either. Mm. Um, in terms of Blu-ray and DVD and 4K uh, releases, there is again a cast of uh, thousands, but I think one for uh, you, Steve, would be Strike Back Retribution. Yeah, that's one at the moment. Yeah, well, that's coming out on DVD shortly. And also, real classic, very much a classic, the Dark Crystal Deluxe Edition on Blu-ray, 4K, Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, that was a... Um... I won't say Muppet movie, but <laughs> it, was... it was a fantasy, um, serious Muppet movie, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just looking through that little collection that you've got there, and I can't see anything that really comes to mind. There's no, some... I mean, if people are like Outlander, there's uh, season one to three or season three being released on uh, Blu-ray, and one to three on DVD. Yeah. Um, parents might be interested in Peppa Pig. <laughs> yeah, some certain parents might be. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, not for most of us, I wouldn't have thought. But there's uh, there's not a lot really coming out on um, on the Blu-ray and DVD in mm. the next week. So let's hope it's a bit better the week after. Uh, in terms of the charts, cinema charts for the UK... There is on number five. There is I Tonya. Uh, then we've got four is Fifty Shades Freed. Number three is Lady Bird. Number two is The Greatest Showman. And number one is completely unsurprisingly Black Panther. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> and we might want to quick mention what's on tonight, really, haven't we? Well, you go on. You go ahead. So we got the Oscars. Yes. Tonight. So, well, for us, it'll be very late night. It will. Because I think come the morning at about seven o'clock, we start to hear the, uh, hear the, hear some of the results. I, I do, back in the day, like to watch this. Yeah. But I think I'll probably record it and then be able to just skip the bits I need to skip to, you know. I have to admit, I think I'll just probably see who's won. <laughs> look, at it, look at it on the web page. Yeah, no, I mean... I'll be able to... God. Sometimes you get these little embarrassing moments. It's worth watching. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I got a funny feeling um, that we're going to see a lot of this girl power again going through the speeches this year. <laughs> Do you know what? For me, I work... Choose your, choose your words carefully. I am going to choose my words carefully, as you can tell by my pause. I work with women all day. I do not think of them as being anything other than equals. The organisation that I work, everybody gets equal pay when they're on, you know, that banding of whatever grade of roller it is that you're on. Yeah. You know, because they're all predefined. So you don't get paid extra because you're a man or because you're a woman or because, you know, you're having a sex change or whatever it is for whatever reason, mm. you know, everybody is treated equally as, as there should be. And so a little bit of me, cause I know that, I know that some industries are not like that. And some industries are very heavily focused on, um, males rather than females. And it's very difficult for women to break into. Yeah. 
But yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, funnily enough, I saw some advertised on Sky this this last couple of days. There's yeah. um, they're going to be um, putting on Wonder Woman for the for the you know for the you know the uh, premiere. Yeah, and it's during a Women's Week thing or something. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> so, as much as I'd stand up from as much as anyone else, yeah, we we all get it. Yeah, of course we do. But I'm just kind of like a little bit sick of hearing it at the same time. You know, I think we we should we should in terms of anything that anybody is because. There's always a way that you can spin it so everybody's in a minority in some respect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so, you know, um, there'll be, there'll be something about you that puts you in a minority of people, no matter who you are, what you are, and what you do. Mm. So I just think it really is time that, you know, we just, that, Everybody was treated equally and that we just moved on from actually putting barriers up there, you know, and I I know I realise that in some industries you probably do have to raise the profile of one sex or another to go, you know, into uh, doing whatever sort of role. But equally, I think by highlighting the issue is actually causing the issue. As well, do you know what I mean? It's sort of, but uh, that is a very probably male orientated point of view. I'm sure that there's women out there who completely disagree, but as far as I'm concerned, all, all people are equal. It doesn't matter what you are. But there you go. Anyway, shall we move on? Mm-hmm. Uh, movies and TV this week. So, what have you been watching, Steve? Well, I won't say too much because you haven't watched any of them yet, have you? No, I don't want spoilers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, TV this week, I've watched um, The Flash, DC Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow all over this weekend. And I'm just going to yep. say that obviously you've seen the last episode of The Legends. Yeah. And it's it ended with a guy in a dark shadow with a cigarette and that yeah. northern British accent that he has. Yeah, and Constantine Constantine is in this episode, and I'm going to say it's yeah. fantastic. It's a show that should never have been um, stopped and taken off air. No, but you know it's one of those things. But it's, if you've never watched Constantine the TV show, go and check it out. I'm sure mm. it, I think it's around there on Netflix and everything else. But it is fantastic, and uh, that episode was really. I think out of the three of them for this week, that stood out for me. Um, and the flash was okay because that's more to do with the court case. Because if you remember the way it ended, yeah, it's gonna it's an unusual sort of story that they're doing there, isn't it? Because he's been framed for murder, isn't he? So yeah, so that's that episode. And Arrow was a bit meh, but there you go. It's just you know, it's, it's gonna. I'm sure they're going to improve. I, I have to admit, I always find Arrow to be a bit meh. I know you love it, but it's it's just not. It's, I can't get into it. I struggle with it, you know. Mm. I watch it, or I try. I try to. I'm a couple of seasons behind, and I keep watching it, but I just don't feel it in the same way as the others. Well, I mean, I watched it from the beginning, so I've sort of, you know, kept it going. But I do. I think my favourites are Legends and The Flash, to be honest. Yeah. 
And I think the Flash mm-hmm. deserves more recognition than than probably Justice League ever did. Yeah. But, but hey ho, yeah. What about yourself? Any TV this week? Yes, the Orville. Oh, they're all sitting on my box still, aren't they? You're just stacked up. Oh, at the and you have really got to get going on this. Mm. You've really got to get going now. It's just finished. It's airing. Okay, for the for for season one. <coughs> so I'm just going to give my thoughts on season one. Okay, and I'm not going to do any spoilers, so don't panic about that. No, because I've, right? I've only seen probably one and a half episodes. So <laughs> yeah, so and you won't be familiar with the characters or anything like that. So as I said, this is just finished on Fox, and as a show, I've absolutely and completely enjoyed this. Um. It's been a perfect blend of episodic Star Trek and Family Guy humour. Mm. Um, story-wise, I think that for a first season, they've done well in keeping the Star Trek-esque sort of tone um, with some of the more moral stories um, that you know the next <coughs> generation sort of tackled. Okay. So, uh, for example, one of the characters who is called Bortus, who sort of like looks between the, a cross between a Klingon captain and a pile of poo. Because <laughs> mm. his, his uh, ridges on his head do kind of look more like poo I, than anything I know, else. I know the character you're talking about. Cause that, yeah. That's the episode I'm on at the moment about his, you know. Yeah. Well, obviously he comes from an old male species and they procreate by hatching eggs so they have the male sat on the egg and as it goes through a couple of episodes well an episode where he's sitting on the egg right throughout the whole episode um and then it hatches and there is something which then starts to kick off something for the next episode and it's very interesting okay um and it and if you watch it (coughs) you will look and you'll say if you put Jean-Luc Picard there, this could have been Star Trek. Mm. Um, just because of the way that that show goes. I'm not, I don't want to say any more because I don't know where you exactly where you are. Yeah, I'm only, I think I'm on episode two of, or episode yeah, three. Yeah, well, so. I think this is episode. I think this is episode three. Okay. So I don't want to spoil it for you. So I'm not going to say any more than that. <clears throat> um, I think that the show um, could have been, yeah. Yeah, there's there's other episodes in there as well that could have been transplanted from the next generation. So uh, there's the last episode of the season um, has a scenario that is very familiar to the Prime Directive, mm-hmm. um, and Isaac, who is the android one, you know the one with the glowing white eyes and he's all silver otherwise. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him. <clears throat> he's part of that solution. That's not telling you anything that you know, anything there because it's about the story about how they get there. But th- um, that I was watching it, I was thinking you could have just put data there and you could have had that exact same thing with, you know, like Riker or Crusher or someone being the spark and data being the, the, the resolution to that. Mm. Um, and it's just it's so well done 
And I think one of the other things as well is that it's such got such a peppering um, of pop culture in there as well. There are so many Easter eggs and references in there. Some are right in front of your face and some are not so obvious and you kind of like look at it and you go, ah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's so, so good. Uh, and you can also tell uh, that this has been a bit of a labour of love for Seth MacFarlane as well, who obviously wrote, produced, directed and stars in the show. <laughs> Um, because he's had a, a lot of a lot of the time you can just see he's sort of like he's you know the way that a five year old looks you know ooze with excitement when they see the hero for the first time in real life yeah well he kind of like has that look because he's playing his heroes <laughs> you know sort of thing you know you can just tell that he's actually enjoying the role and what is quite nice about this as well is where Discovery uh for a lot of its run this season, and I'm not being negative to Discovery here, but opted for realism over the optimism mm. of previous Star Trek. <clears throat> the Orville keeps the whole optimistic future so well while keeping it grounded on a weekly theme um, in the ways that uh, is more Star Trek, you know, than you would have expected for the Orville. I think, because everybody originally thought this is going to be Galaxy Quest. And it's not Galaxy Quest at no, all. No, no, I was thinking on that route, to be honest. Yeah, it, it it's not. It is more akin to the next generation than anything, I think. After after what after what getting right through the whole of the season, the pacing, the music, the slightly camp but entertaining stories that are in there as well. And you know, this isn't going to be the show for everyone. I'm not going to lie to you. If if you don't like Star Trek, you ain't going to like this. Mm. Or I can't see you liking this, to be honest. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it is more adult humour in parts. There are some episodes which are all right, and I've let my son watch because of the, basically the PG sort of rated, but there were some of them which I wouldn't let him watch. So, for example, there's... um. The captain's number one is his ex-wife who cheated on him with a blue guy. <laughs> um, and that guy comes back in a future one and there's all sorts of things happening and there's some, nothing explicitly sexual, but lots of sexual references and one particular scene. Uh, and I thought, no, I'm not letting my son watch this. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and you know there is a bit of foul language in there as well, but you know what, what that doesn't really matter that much. Um, you know, half of the time, especially you know with the kids, they teach you more swear words than you know anyway. Don't oh, absolutely, they? don't they? Just you know the latest ones that uh, people are actually saying in that. But yeah, the uh, I've really completely enjoyed uh, the Orville. I think it's been absolutely first class as a you know as a brand new tv series just like discovery was first class in its own respect this has been as well um but in a completely different way hmm. and it kind of like sat, scratches the other shoulder of your sci-fi itch do you know what i mean you see i'm never really a, f a fan of family guy to be honest i can't say i'm a great fan of family guy so from that point of view it didn't like 
ResNet. No, but from the sci-fi point of view, I can see that, you know, obviously. But um, Yeah. I mean, do you get the, that feeling of the next generation from it? Yeah, I get a feeling of a, a few things that are throw thrown into that. Even I still think a bit of Galaxy Quest to a certain degree, just because of the type of ship it looks like. You know, do you think so? Mm, yeah, but as I say, I've only watched two and a half episodes, so I've probably you know maybe I, that'll change as I get to see them all. I, I think, to be honest, if anything, it, the, the ship reminds me of a cross between Voyager and a woman's handbag. <laughs> Yeah, you know, with the, with the uh, quantum drive nacelles at the back, it looks it looks more like you know they've laid a woman's handbag on its side, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the handles the quantum drive sort of thing. But I've I've really enjoyed this as a show. Mm. But I know that not everybody has. I know it's you know had mixed receptions, particularly the earlier episodes. Um, there is going to be changes in the, the crew for the next show as well. Yeah. Um, you know, for season two, uh, I think, I can't remember the name of the actress that's uh, coming in, but the security officer, you know, the uh, young woman who's uh, got more power, who's more powerful than anybody else on the ship, and she's probably the shortest one. Uh, evidently, she might be going from it, which is a bit of a shame. Mm. But yeah, it's. I, I thought it was a good show, but you know, you, I don't think you have to get the humour though, do you? No, or I don't do think. Feel so. that, it depends if you're a sci-fi fan, though. To be honest, yeah, I mean, I you've got to be sci-fi for it. Yeah, and that that's sort of where you know everyone sees it differently. Yeah, from their own point of view. But yeah, I mean, it's it's done well in the states, so. Yeah, season two won't be far behind, I'm sure. Well, let's hope not, because I can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> but my missus hates it. Honestly, she does. She she says, what's this rubbish, you know? She doesn't get yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I didn't even bother showing my missus this, because I just, I just know that she wouldn't get it. Yeah. As, as the way that she always describes it, if they're just gallivanting about in space. That's her favourite figure of speech, because she knows it winds me up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, the main part of TV that I've watched, uh, this week. Yeah. Should we go on, uh, uh, the movie you watched? Two movies, yeah. Or two movies, yeah. So the first one, um, is a favourite of mine and it has been sitting on my box for a while and I haven't seen this for a long time. And this film was made in 1976, um, and it's called Marathon Man. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. Isn't it a guy who uh, eats Snickers? <laughs> no, I know it's not. You, I, I, I just... Why? I, I shouldn't even have asked you that question, should I? <laughs> no, you shouldn't have because you gave me the leeway in. Thank you very I much. I know, I know. So this stars Dustin Hoffman. This, this is a one that you don't watch if you're afraid of going to the dentist. No, I wasn't going to mention that bit, but you're very true. So Dustin Hoffman, Lawrence Olivier and Roy Schneider. I think this is the one Roy Schneider did just before he did Jaws. <clears throat> So Dustin Hoffman, Hoff, Dustin Hoffman's character, he's a he's a Colombian graduate and a long time distance runner, and yeah. his brother is involved with the government, and they're chasing a Nazi war criminal who is Laurence Olivier, and something happens in this which then throws Dustin Hoffman's character knee deep in 
in the in the intrigue of of the government with this war criminal, and there's also some stolen gems and diamonds that are involved. Yeah, and even his girlfriend becomes a suspect. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't know who to believe or what. But being a marathon man as he is, that does help him in one point of the film. But it's a it's a really good thriller. It's yeah. one of those one of those I think that should never be remade. It's a classic. It is. And the term of phrase, is it safe? If you've seen this movie, you would totally understand what I'm saying that for. But it's just, it's a super film. And there's not a lot of action in it. But it's more about what happens to the people and what happens to him. Um, with, the, with, his, with, his, with his brother and, and the government and that. It's just, it's just a classic classic 70s movie well worth a visit mm-hmm. and it's sitting if you've got sky movies you can see it sitting in there you can search for it and have a look i would certainly recommend it um <clears throat> but if it's say if you're not a fan of sort of the older movies then you know maybe not but i would say definitely give it a go and the next movie only came on sky just last night on sky cinema and this is baby driver yeah now when I spoke to you earlier about this, you, you sort of, whoa, woe is me with this movie. Definitely not your cup of tea. Now, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know anything about this film. All I knew that um, Edgar Wright directed it. And if you're familiar with him, he did Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and At the World's End, you know, the three, um, the trilogy of Cornetto movies, as they call it, with mm. Simon Pegg. Um, but this one's starring Ainsel Elgott, Kevin Spacey, and a few other characters, but also Jamie Foxx. So there's a pretty good cast there. So Baby is a getaway driver in Atlanta, Georgia. And when he was a child, he had a car accident, which killed his parents, but left him with tinnititis. Which, if you're not familiar with that, it gives you like a humming and drumming in your ears. Yeah. So... What he does to block it out is just to constantly listen to music on his iPods. And at the same time, he's ferrying crews of robbers around by um, this main kingpin, Doc, who's played by Kevin Spacey. And he's he's doing these, these driving during these crimes to pay off a debt he incurred from stealing one of his cars. And in between jobs, he sits there recording the people's voices and puts them to remixes on cassette tape. And... He also, at the same time, he's got a he's got a death a death foster father, who he looks after. When, when is this set? Now, but he's using cassette. He does, yeah. He uses cassettes. He mixes tapes and puts them on cassette. Um, <clears throat> and he then has a, there's a love interest as he he goes to a, one of these diners and meets um, Deborah, who he starts dating. But this, I didn't know much about it, but now I've seen it. It's such a fantastic movie. The way they got the the music linked to because obviously when he's driving all the time you have all the music going all the time and they've linked it with when he changes gear the beat of the music all of this while he's being chased by the police while he's doing a a job for for Doc while he's yeah. ferrying around these these robbers being a being a getaway driver thoroughly I'd recommend this to anybody uh, obviously not you though Hayden because it's not your cup of tea is it. I don't know, I just watched the trailer of this and I just thought, I don't fancy the look of it. I'll probably watch it and actually completely enjoy it. But. It's, it's. I mean, it's got homage to something like the Blues Brothers, for example. 
and you know and there's just all these different sort of movies you probably could pinpoint that it's, it does deal with and it even feels like a bit of a musical with all the music that is a, it's very heavily music orientated mm. and uh, it's a great soundtrack as well with what they're using all this, this original score um, with all the different artists that he's listening to um, but it is it's, it's, it's amusing at some point you go through the different emotions with with this character, um, but fantastic, and I think it's even up for an award tonight um, in the Oscars as well. All right. So, been interesting to see, but yeah, I if if you got Sky Cinema, it came out just last night. Um, I think this came out October last year, so that's less than six months, I believe. Yeah. Which is interesting because I thought Sky would have a a six month window for for movies. But obviously, they're they're sort of shortening that as each time now. I have a feeling it came out quite quickly to Blu-ray. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really it's a good action flick. Everything it's got everything in it. Well worth watching. I mean, I've I'd seen Ansel Elgort before, but didn't realise. But that was in a in one of these um, movies for women, should I say? Yeah. Which was Fault Among the Stars, which I quite enjoyed actually. Don't ask me why, but it just. It just that just went with me that film, uh, but yeah, brilliant. I mm. can't I can't praise that more than enough. And I I have now hit that kept button on 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 my Skybox to keep it. Yeah. So I can probably watch it again at some point. Mm. And what about I, might, you? I might check it out when it comes on to um, Netflix or something. Oh, like that. do it is it is a fantastic movie. It really is. I mean, I haven't watched a good crime caper for a while. Um, but this is it's class. Really, is a good film. Really yeah. good. So, and you you got one movie to talk about, have you? I have, and I've also got something I was streaming as well. So I've been streaming from Sky, mm. The Walking Dead still. So I'm uh, slowly getting my way through them on about season three uh, now, and uh, I've actually caught up with Michonne. Oh, you know who she is now, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, seen her in action, and also Sonique Martin Green has also entered the show now as well from Di- Star Trek Discovery. Yes, from yeah. Disco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so, but that must seem weird seeing her in that now after watching that first. You know. Yeah, it 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 is a bit weird because her character is obviously very different. Yeah. Uh, between the two shows. Oh, absolutely. Um, but. Like I said, I've only just started seeing her because they've turned up at the prison. She came uh, with another group. Okay, yep, yeah, you're at the prison part of the show. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so that's where I am uh, at the moment. But I'm try- while I'm trying to binge watch it, I'm trying not to um, overdose on it so that I can absorb it a little bit better because I think there are some fundamental gaps in my knowledge for Game of Thrones because I s- sort of like just binged watch that in a week <laughs> or oh, well there's i mean two weeks. there's a lot of episodes of walking dead and there are some highs and lows in the series yeah um, especially with uh from one season to another sometimes it gets a bit i think it goes down a bit occasionally and that's why for me i never really watched it at a certain point when you get there you, i'll talk about it but uh, maybe yeah. i maybe I'm, I'm about two seasons behind now yeah I well, may go that, back. I may go back to it. Just you know, I don't know. So I'm about three seasons behind where you are. Yeah. So probably caught up by the end of the month. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I'm I'm enjoying it, and 
it's funny, but Game of Thrones was exactly the same. Wasn't bothered, wasn't bothered, wasn't bothered. I'll watch it now and mm. enjoying it. So it's, I don't know whether or not I've been subconsciously keeping it for myself to binge watch or what. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um. Anyway, moving on. The film I've watched this week is, drum roll, Thor Ragnarok. Really enjoyed got, this. I've got no inclination to watching this at the moment for some reason. Oh, man, really? Have you seen this? Not yet. No, I haven't. Right. Well, you should. I mean, I've, see, I've, is... seen, I've seen the trailer, so I got a bit of an idea. And I know yeah. this is probably the, the, probably the, the biggest comedy that Marvel have ever done. <laughs> but, well, I don't know. There was the laugh a minute, uh, the Last Jedi, wasn't? It? Yeah, but that wasn't quite. That was still Disney, but it wasn't Marvel. Um, I mean, because I, I picked this up on four K Blu Ray. Mm. Uh, and uh, yes, I know that it's an upscaled uh, 4K. It's not true 4K, but the original source material was shot in 6.5K. So, what, what what do you think of the quality of the disc? Oh, it's brilliant! It's really nice quality. Mm. To be honest, uh, to to be honest, the pixels are getting that small, and you know my eyesight's deteriorated. You know. Uh, got to get some glasses, but um, I find it difficult to tell the difference between, you know, a really well rendered upscale and normal 4K. I think it depends on the movie, first it of does. all, and, and what content's in the film, because if you've got like a sci-fi movie with loads of bold colours compared to a drama which has got just the colours of Earth as we know it and... And the land, it, I think it makes a bit of difference. Yeah. I mean, I can, you know, where it's sort of like hardware upscaled, I can tell a difference. Mm. But where it's um, a 2K movie being rendered up <coughs> to look like a 4K movie, I can't really tell the difference that well. Well, I mean, even to be honest, I mean, the TV for me, my TV upscales as well anyway, so you know it's all a bit, yeah. you know, bit of one of the other. To be honest, I, you know, it's it's like between. I think I think the best disc so far has been Terminator. Believe it or not, I really want to get that. I mean, I've got that's, that's one I've I've got on my list to get. You know, I mean, Valerian looks fantastic. So what does Valerian? looks fantastic oh yes yeah it does because i've got um, that on 4k now and so does wonder woman i haven't got that on 4k yeah but but yeah there's a few i'd like to have but well no, i could be talking for hours about what movies i want to get <laughs> it's, it's all down to cash at the end of the day isn't it yeah i mean just going back to thor ragnarok mm. why i like this is color wise it is really very, very bold in terms of the way it looks. It's taken heavily from comic, you know, uh, or graphic novel, whatever you want to call it, you know, from the comic source material and translated that so well on the screen. Mm. Um, the, there are a lot of those lot of bit, you know, bits of humour right throughout the whole of the film um, and the humour is actually quite good. But it's it's paced out. It's not all in one, yeah, or you know whatever. 
Um, so you you can enjoy it. it it's not, and it doesn't feel quite as forced as the Last Jedi did, for example. But I think we're dealing with we're dealing with Chris Hemsworth here, who plays yeah. his character so good. Well, he's played it so many times now as well. I mean, granted, less than a lot of the other Avengers, but he's he's still you know a good few movies in. Yeah, and he he's just so good at it. I think and. That is his character. They could never give it to anyone else. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's really nice to see the whole sort of, like, Planet Hulk-esque sort of environment as well. Because mm. it's not Planet Hulk, but it's that sort of uh, sort of thing as well. So it's really got good imagery there. I think Mark Ruffalo, who plays Banner, is brilliant in the role. I really wish you would give him a standalone Hulk movie. He needs that, definitely, because he plays that role so well. I mean, we've had a few of those, haven't we? We have, but, you know, we've had two completely different actors Mm. playing the role of Banner in two movies that only a quarter referenced each other and seemed to be in different universes because the Hulk was different in both films. Yeah, I know. They've not... I mean, maybe they will go down that route of giving us a Hulk movie. I don't think that they're going to, you know, because I think they seem more intent on raising the profile of some of the other superheroes. It's just like I don't think we're ever going to see a Black Widow film, which is a great shame. Well, I think there was talk of that, though, wasn't there? I think that was on the cards. No, I'm not. I, I, I think there was. I think there's been plenty of people saying it's about time Black Widow had her own film. Mm. But I don't think that they've ever seriously considered it. Yeah, from what I've heard. But Mark Ruffalo, he plays that whole Jacqueline Hyde fight in the conflict so well. Yeah. You know, I think. Um, so anyway, the music on the film as well is really very well. It's absolutely perfect. It goes perfect with the graphical style, and it's very sort of like eighties. You know, Trials of the Blood Dragon sort of. You know, neon discoy kind of music. A lot of it as well. Yeah. So it's it's just an entertaining film. Um, and also links more into, you know, some, some of the lovely nods in there about, you know, what happens in the, the comics with Odin, you know, where he was and that. And then the go to earth, the, uh, appearance of Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange in the film. Oh, you know, brilliant. I mean, he's, his character has quite obviously come on tremendously since the end of his last movie. Yeah, oh, with the ma- magic he was using on it. Oh, I've. Do you know what? I've still got that attached to my um, Skybox. Yeah, one. I just love that. I love that movie. Well, that was my favorite Marvel movie, mm. and now this has replaced it. Mm. Um, I just, I just think they've done such a um, a really good job uh, with with this movie because the other Thor movies were a bit meh, whereas Wait. this isn't. What do you reckon to the Ant-Man and the Wasp, though? I mean, I'm not really too much in in love with that movie yet. Uh, no. 
I'm not really feeling a big buzz about it. Mm. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's going to be loads to come. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that DC are going to pull their finger out as well. <clears throat> I, 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 no, I, I just... They're going to have to do something really drastic with DC. Yeah. Because Justice League was not very good. It wasn't as bad as um, Batman versus Superman. Hmm. Um, but DC seems to suffer from a great deal of identity crisis. Their TV arcs are stronger than their film arcs. They need to be learning from what they're doing in the TV and apply it to movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping they'll do a Flashpoint episode, Flashpoint movie. Well, I think that that's going to be the focus of the Flash's movie, isn't it? Mm. Um, but no, I just find the whole, uh, you know, DC universe, it's, it's sadly lacking. You know, they, they've, I, I, I think there's two ways you can argue this is that they are miles behind Marvel who have been doing this for 10 or 15 years, you know, producing these movies where there are loads of them now. So they've really got the experience there. Yeah. Or the other way of looking at it is they've seen the Marvel movies and they've had the time to develop something even better and have failed miserably. Well, I think... And, I'm that, not, I'm, that, and that they're both the ends of the spectrum and I think the truth is somewhere in between, to be quite honest. I mean, I mean, it's, it's frightening to know that now there is a... If you go and check it out, there is a, a superhero movie release date from 2018 to 2022. Yeah, but I mean, it's just ridiculous. But is it though? It's it's like a roller. It's like a juggernaut that's going on. This is this is including DC and um, and Marvel. But but you think about how long it takes to make a film. Yeah, you know, it takes years. You've got to do the hiring. You've got to uh, do the costumes. You've got to write the script. You've got to get the finances. You've got to get it directed. You've, you know, got to cut it. You've got to put the special effects in. All of that, it takes a heck of a lot of time. Mm. So, and that they need to be planning in in advance because, especially where they've got interlinked stories. Because well, the Avengers have got what four movies coming out now in a long period of time. Yeah, and you've got Captain Marvel thrown in the mix as well now, and it's all sorts. It's going to be. It's going to be mental, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I don't get me wrong. I do love the Avengers, uh, but yeah, it's just you know, too much of a good thing sometimes can hurt. Yeah, I I think what we'll find is uh, Bucky will become Captain America mm. because he does in the comics, and I think that what we'll actually see is in terms of Captain America. Chris Evans' character getting killed and Bucky will take up that mantle because um, if you want to know why I think that, just watch the end of Black uh, uh, Black Panther. Which I haven't seen yet, thanks for that. Which you haven't seen yet. <laughs> well, no, all I'm... I, to be honest, it's not going to... It's it's not going to give you the reveal that I'm, I'm you know, suggesting. But there are references in there 
and you look up those references that happen in that bit and that's where I think you'll get to as well mm. because in the comics the Winter Soldier does become Captain America or Bucky does uh, and also Falcon becomes Captain America at one point as well yeah. so you know it, there's 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 more than one Captain America <coughs> you know the new, the new first Avenger as it were <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay but uh, yeah I mean if if you like the Marvel movies, this is a must see. It's Thor Ragnarok, taking it back to where we started off. Yeah, um, completely enjoyed that. Brilliant movie, definitely worth watching. So okay. no, I mean I look forward to seeing. It. I will see it. So I might I might even wait now until because it won't be far off before it comes out on Sky anyway. I mean no. it's it's in Sky it's in Sky's movie store at the moment. It is so it won't be too far now. When it go when it goes from there to the next stage, it'll be then I'll be able to see it. But we'll see. Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Okay, so I don't have anything else on movies, TV, and streaming this week. Do you? No, no. Okay, well in that case, then we'll move on to our big debate. There was something missing. So now it's time to talk about our special debate for the week. And this week, what we're going to be looking at is our best toys as a kid. So I think this is something that we can all very much appreciate uh, because I'm sure we've all got our favourite toys from when we were little ones. So, Steve, do you want to start off with what your favourite um, toy was? Okay, well, one of the first ones, I mean, funnily enough, our ages do do, um, we do have an age gap between the two of us. Yeah. So probably some of the toys I have came out while you probably probably was in nappies, I would have thought. I'm not really sure if that would be the case. but um, Well, yeah, I mean, some of them, you know, when you were like, what? six or seven i would have been in nappies because yeah. of you know um you know just that age difference but so, i'm sure some bits i think a lot that, of them will be will be known for some you know some shape or form anyway um yeah so my first one you can still buy now and that's the space hopper oh god yeah i remember those bouncing um, around i had I, one for my son actually oh, did you really <laughs> yeah i got one for my son and he spent um ages just bouncing about in the living room there's a, there's a there's a knack to playing on that and just jumping around. I think to be honest, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy. If your feet were a bit short, you wouldn't be able to hold on to it right, and you'd be, you'd well, be bouncing off all the time. It, a part of it was about how much you inflated it as well, wasn't it? Mm. I always inflated it to the max. I think. Yeah, because if you inflated it too much and your legs weren't long enough, then you'd have problems. But if you just inflated it enough, it'd be fine. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know what they cost these days. I think they were quite expensive at the time. But it was just, it was, it's like you get now. You get every year there's the must have toy. Yeah. Or the one that everyone must have to, to, to be in the, with, with the group and that. And Space Hopper was definitely one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Going up and down the street on your Space Hopper. Yeah. And who designed <laughs> that face in the front? It wasn't exactly pretty, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think they did pink ones for girls. I think everyone had the orange one. Yeah. Did, did you ever do races with them? Yeah. We had all sorts. But I think at the time I was in a little flat with my mum and dad, so space with a space hopper didn't exactly go. But um, 
Yeah, you know, I used to get out and out and down the main road. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I reckon that uh, the people who created Space Hoppers also saw a bit of a market in terms of all these people grew up with Space Hoppers. If we take away the ears so that they can't hold on, and take away the face, now we'll call them an exercise ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they I mean, just a quick. They do do a pink one, which has got a completely different name, and I think it's just based on it. But yeah, they range from nine ninety nine. To about thirteen ninety nine now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think I think this was a bit of a. I think this had a, a UK following. I'm not sure whether the states um, got involved with it at all. Or yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's very much part of that eighties pop culture, really, isn't it? Because mm. that's really when when they hit the ground. Yeah. I would have said. And they, they, it was painted by an Italian company back in nineteen sixty eight. It's really that long ago. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so the United States. Um, started getting them about 1971 and they called it the the Ponpon. Mm. But uh, yeah, quite an old piece of memorabilia there. Yeah, but interestingly enough, still quite popular today. Not to the extent it was when, uh, obviously when we were kids, but... Um, no, I think no. Yeah, just due to, due to um, I think, technology and the way, way things have gone... You know, it's not like it's not electronic. It doesn't plug into a, a socket somewhere, and you touch yeah. it, you think your hand, and you look at it all day long. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Real well, shame. everything's electronic nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. So it's uh, so. What, I, so I was going to say that, but there seems to be a bit of a revivalist thing of parents now trying to get the children off electronic gadgets. Whereas when you think about it, when we were kids, parents tried to put you on them. Well, see, some of the ones we had those days. I mean. You, we had the ones with the the double A batteries, um, which would yeah. just be like a handheld device, maybe if you were lucky. Mm. Um, but I think the, the term "battery" is not included. It's quite yeah. apt these days, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do think. Thinking about this um, this discussion about best toys for kids, I think saying about maybe some of the little handheld electronic games is fine, but as long as they don't have like a screen or it's like you know miniature Space Invaders or whatever, because that. Really going back into console, isn't it? This is we're looking at more toys. Oh yeah, no, I, think, I don't think I think any of the toys I mention don't don't own a battery. <laughs> so they are definitely toys, and not not. I mean, we could we could. I mean, as kids, we probably had mini TV consoles of some kind. Like, you know, when we started playing gaming, but these are all things that, that were around round about that were not plugged in via any electrical socket. Yeah, you know. So yeah, so that's I, I could have put loads of things in otherwise, but no, that's. No. Yeah, no, you may go. So, what's, so what's your f- next first one then? Well, my first one, I'm just going to go straight for the jugular on this one, I think. And that's got to be, when I think about my childhood, Star Wars figures. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. Well, uh, Star Wars stuff generally, to be quite honest, because I had it all. I mean, I had loads and loads of stuff. I had um, certainly all of the first two or three waves of the Kenner figures, or the mm. Palatoy figures. Yeah. Depending upon what, how they were branded, wasn't it? Because they were either Kenner or Palatoy. So I had all of them right up until I think about halfway through the Empire Strikes Back and then I started weaning off them. I think I was getting a bit too old to be playing with toys at that point and I was more into, you know, my Commodore 64. Mm. But I had all of them, including, you know, like Boba Fett, the very difficult to get hold of one. Not the one with the rocket launch because while that was did exist it was never actually on sale mm. but uh, I know I, re- I remember writing off uh, for that collecting all of the name cards you know because you had to have something like 10 name cards of Star Wars toys and then you used to send it off and you got Boba Fett because he hadn't been on at the cinema at that point he mm. had 
uh, only been on the Star Wars Christmas special, which you can only watch on a very poor quality YouTube video because George Lucas hates it. It is dire, though, to be honest. <laughs> without without going off topic, it, it, it's pretty awful. It is. It is. Yeah, absolutely agree. But yeah, I had um, loads of figures. I had a cardboard Death Star, yeah. which was probably about two and a half, three feet across in a you know half dome. Right. Okay. And it had a trash compactor where you could crush the you know crush them. Had the landing area for uh, where the Millennium Falcon was. It had the little room where they hung out when they first went into the Death Star. Mm. Had everything right down to you know the chasm to swing across in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that you know that's fantastic. And I actually still have it as well with the box. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That is pretty cool, yeah. Whether how what state it's in because it's in the attic, it might be pretty bad. But <laughs> thing is, did you? I mean, then you weren't the type to say, "I." Oh, you took you took them out of their their plastic or um, cardboard cut, cuts, and you didn't play with them. You never sort of kept the boxes. Oh, all of well, I always kept the, my my parents very much. You know, keep the boxes, and then we'll put them in the. You know, when you stop playing them for a little bit, we'll put them in the box and then stick them in the loft. When you want them again, we'll get them down again. Mm. Just to save a bit of space on the house, I think that was their their idea. It's not like nowadays where you just, oh, just get rid of the box because I haven't got the space for the box even in modern houses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had that. I had the Millennium Falcon. I had Luke's X-Wing. I had the uh, Land Speeder. I had a Snow Speeder. I had an Attack and I had an ATST. <laughs> Oh, and uh, the Super Star Destroyer as well, Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. Yeah. And Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. <laughs> so, yeah, so, loads. So, at your age, you, with you obviously getting into Star Wars then... Oh, I, I, and, was, I was where it was aimed at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah. And with the way that they were marketing products... This is probably one of the first times. Even though the real, I don't think the, I don't think the real big um, product marketing campaigns that we have now didn't really start till till Batman came out. You know, years later. Yeah. Where you would get lunch boxes and duvet covers and all sorts of um, stuff that's related to the to the to the, to the TV show or movie or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think you know you had to wait. If I remember rightly, yeah, you you bought the the voucher and you, it wasn't even built, was it? They didn't even make them then. They, you got the voucher. And I think they came out after Christmas, didn't they? Was it just before Christmas? It was something like that, yeah. Mm. But to be honest, I'm too really young to remember about worrying about that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I do remember there used to be in Middlesbrough, and anybody from the Middlesbrough area who's about my age will have remember this shop down a street called Linthorpe Road, which is quite you know, a well-known street in Middlesbrough. Near the Cleveland Centre, there was a, an old toy shop, which was on, you know, ground and first floor. It was quite a big one. It was called Roma Parish. Mm. It's not there now. It's now actually a noble amusements arcade. Uh, but that used to be where I used to go and I used to have a whole section of Star Wars figures and, toy, you know, st- dedicated Star Wars toys. And every week we'd go, my parents would take me to um, Middlesbrough. Mm. And for being dragged through all of the clothes shops that my mother insisted on going and going like bins and stuff like that and looking at perfume and looking at jewellery and looking at all of this, (laughs) all of the boring stuff, you know, that you were as a kid going, oh God, I just want to die. My reward, if I was good, would be I would be taken to Roma Parish and I would get um, a Star Wars figure. (laughs) And also I was quite a sickly kid. I was anemic and stuff like that. Looking 
looking at me now, you would never think, but I was. And in North Allerton, which is nearer where I live now, um, when I used to go to the hospital there for regular checkups, um, there was actually a place, or there still is a place called Grover's. And uh, funnily enough, the owner of the shop used to live over the road from me when I moved where I am now. Yeah. He's since moved, but uh, I used to go there. My mum and dad used to take us there as well. And used to, you know, if I went to the hospital, come out and then I would go to Grover's and uh, get a Star Wars toy. So consequently, I had loads of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they were my probably go-to toy um i remember remember those pedal cars that you used to get do you, do you remember the ones i mean you used to sit in them and then pedal them um what is it normal as- cars i don't mean star wars i mean you know ones that you did as a kid oh when you had the police car and stuff like that and yeah you know. well I, I had like a pickup truck or whatever but what i did with mine is used to pretend it was um the jawas sand crawler Okay. And then I would, I got a piece of string and I tied my land speeder <laughs> to the back of it, and I would go up and down the street with my land speeder being dragged along, or you know, on all of the concrete or whatever or the tarmac mm. down the street. And I used, I, I was thinking now, thinking that really went through a lot of um, hammer. Did that land speeder, but I've still got it, but it's scratched all over. I mean, you know, nobody would want it. And my X-Wing as well, because you remember on the films, they were always really aged. Mm. As a kid, you know, when he, when he got them, it was like brilliant white plastic. It looked nothing like the film. So I used to stick it in the dirt and stuff like that to try <laughs> and make it look more authentic to being, a, you know, an X-Wing. So you think about how much you abuse it. If you do, you know, as an adult, you, you would cringe. Yeah, you know, but, I can imagine, yeah. But you used to do these things, didn't you? because you wanted it to look like the source material so oh god yeah ah, that was that was a good laugh was it having those but anyway so what's your next one um, then steve so the next one I'd, i was a bit of an artist as a kid used to love drawing and all sorts and yeah. there was something called spirograph oh i remember this i had <laughs> so this did you have this yeah so for people that haven't heard of it basically you would have these plastic molded pieces which would have holes in and pins around them you would have a major plastic frame which you would then put your pen inside it and then you would roll the piece of plastic through the grooves and as you rolled round, it would then give you these sort of spiro looking designs yeah and i spent hours and hours with this yeah because you used to stick the nibble, you felt tipping, didn't you? And- That's it, yeah. And yeah, you, as, so as the cog would follow around the design that you were using, because they would all be different shapes and sizes, so it would it would then give you this this illusion of this sort of magical looking drawing that you would be putting together. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this is one that would appeal these days. Maybe I don't know. It's it's difficult. I, th- I think it probably would, and I, th- I think they still do sell these sort of things, but. Um- Obviously, because there's more distractions, I think that they play a smaller place in the market. Yeah. Well, do you know what? They do still sell it. I'm just looking at Amazon as you were talking then. Yeah. And you can buy a set for ten ninety nine, a 27-piece original Spirograph set deluxe. I might get my son one of those because it's reminded me how much fun there was and he'd love doing that sort of thing. Yeah, there's a few different types of sets and also you can buy extra um, extra Spirograph design sets as well. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I was fascinated by that as a kid. Yeah, it's the same as one thing we used to do, um, how do you put it, when we at school, when we used to go into one of our, our lessons in, in art craft, we would we'd be given a, a sheet of ply, mm. and then you'd, you'd sort of hammer in these tacks, leaving about an inch of the tack available, and then you'd start with, you'd, you'd gather this sort of like thick cotton, 
which would start in one point on on the first tack, and then you would go around all these different pins that you've made up to make a design. Yeah, and then you would sort of spray it gold or something like that. Do you remember mm. doing that? Not so much. I, I know what you mean, but uh, I, I can't. I don't think I did that that much. But that was in the same sort of sort of realm with Spirograph. Yeah, it was. Um, so yeah. So what's your next? What have you got next that you're going to throw at me that maybe I won't remember? Okay. Big track. Remember this? Now, I did have... I, which I haven't actually added in here. I did used to have a Hot Wheels set. No, no, no. No, Big Track. It's not Hot Wheels. Okay, so what was this all about? Right, well, what Big Track was, was yeah. this... Um, Say about foot long, mm. um, three, uh, say six wheeled vehicle that had, that you could program and it would move by how much you programmed it. So for example, you could say go forward three lengths of big track. Mm. Cause it, you know, you, you basically say you went by the distance of like the length of the big track. So, um, you would say go forward three, mm. type that in and then you would tell it to rotate by 45 degrees and then reverse up and then shoot a laser and if you had the posh version you also had something you could attach to the back which would then be tip up the um, trailer and stuff like that Mm. Um, now to be honest I don't think I actually had it but I always loved it because I had friends who had it Um, but and this is this is the real thing Um, when my son was about the age when it came out uh, when you know when I I was when I came out for me Mm. I bought it for him because it did a re-release sort of thing and he loves it and he's still got it and uh, the the great one was because you could program it in and this one came with a can holder so you could put it on the back so what we used to do is we used to do uh challenges of let's see if we can try and program it so that it you know so we could get a carrier can from where we were to our chair (laughs) (laughs) and basically what what i liked about it um as a parent, to be honest, I thought this was quite a good toy because it did actually make kids, you know, deconstruct the movements. And, you know, obviously mathematics is involved and stuff like that as well, because you're thinking, well, okay, how many, ta- how many times does it have to go forward before it needs to turn right? So then you'd have to work out, well, that's like five big tracks. Okay. Five forward. And then. How many degrees does it have to turn when it has to turn 90 degrees? You know, so it's a good um, toy for teaching children how to, you know, work out the spatial awareness. Mm. Um, so I, I really, you know, thought it was a, a fantastic little thing. Plus, it looked quite cool as well. Yeah. Well, you- um, I think that someone has actually put in on the uh, page, uh, the Facebook page, um, about uh, Big Track as well. Um, let me have a look. Yeah, uh, Mark uh, Sharman has actually put it in. So if you have a look on Facebook group, then you'll see what Big Track was. You might recognise it from there. Oh, okay, I've just, had- actually, I've just seen. I've just seen one of the devices there. Um, you see, I was thinking it was an actual physical track, but it's not, is it? No, no, it's a vehicle. Yeah, but it's got big tracks, <laughs> so that's why it's called Big Track. <laughs> Surprisingly I, enough, yeah. Now you saying that there's a toy I've, I haven't written down. Now I remember this. I remember this one as a kid. It's not on the list, but I can't explain. I'm trying to Google it, but it's difficult to put it on into words to find it. What you had was you'd have you'd have a massive box about the size of three Monopoly boxes. Yeah, and in there would be this track. Now the track would be in different shapes. Um, and straight lengths, angles, right angles, or whatever. And they would have little grooves in the track. It would be about two inches wide. 
Yeah. And then you'd have a little orange clip. So when you put them together, you, you flip the clip over to hold them together. And you would build this track so it then eventually meet on itself. So you'd have this whole loop, loop the loop of track. And then you'd have this space shuttle, which held a AAA, um, sort of AA battery or whatever it would have been. It clips in with the wheels into the track, and then you would just click the on button on, the, on this little space shuttle, and you would see it go round the track. I can't. I'd love to know what that was called. Um, I remember getting it one Christmas as a kid, and I was, I was, I was in heaven with that. I just would just sit there building it in different little ways and just watching the, the space shuttle go round and round in circles. Mm. But I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was called. No, I can't remember either. Um, but as I say, the same way that you'd have the Hot Wheels set where you'd, you'd put the Hot Wheels track together to put cars in it, this would be a, a heavy plastic moulded pieces that would um, hold the space shuttle in place and would just go round and round in circles, whatever design you did. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, that's one of aim I just threw in there. Uh, but I'm gonna, I, if anyone's heard of it or got any ideas of what that was, I'd love to know. So you've got Star Trek figures next. Yes, now, I, I rem- had some. <laughs> I remember playing with Star Trek stuff over the years. Um, I suppose that the figures you're talking about were the same as the one from the Big Bang Theory when they had the Mr. Spock and the, the 70s transporter. Yeah, yeah that, um, they were about six or seven inches uh, tall. They wore proper clothes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the one um that i that i had well i had four i had um kirk spock mm. mccoy and scotty okay uh, and uh you know they were in the original series uh outfits uh and had belts which had the communicators and uh phasers yeah now I, I got a funny feeling i did have something like that i can't remember i haven't got too much of a mem- memory on that now but thinking back, I probably did have. Mm. Um, may well have had a cardboard cutout set as well for that. I, I didn't have any sets. I just had the figures. Because I, what I always remember about the figures as well mm. is that they had the, the the trousers, much like on the outfits on the show, where the, the, the trousers of the figures didn't go all the way down the leg because they wore boots and they were, you know, like had turn-ups at the bottom well, of they, the trousers. Because they, yeah. they came out of the... Um, Came out of their trousers, didn't they? They were sort of just looked like they were well too short in the first place. Yes, mm. yeah, they, they looked like they were long shorts with a pair of boots on underneath. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I used to. Uh, I mean, obviously, I just used to recreate some of the um, some of the episodes and stuff like that. So you would have an, so you would have an imaginary Gorn running around with Kirk throwing boulders. Yeah, I think uh, um, I, th- I don't think I ever did a uh, a gun, you know, um, Kirk battling a gun on Cestis Three or anything like that. I think it was more I would like to do giants and I'd have Kirk versus an action man. Mm. <laughs> but again, it was you. As much as you had something to play with, you still used your imagination. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Not the idea of saying I had a box for Christmas and I just sat in it and pretended it was a house, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, that's always the thing, isn't it? And it still is with kids nowadays, you know. Mm. Give them a a £400 console and a box. They'll sit most of the day in the box. Yeah, or they they would colour it in and it'd be a hat or it'd be a... They'd make a, you know, robot suit out of it, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, or a base or whatever it is. But, I mean, you know, my son's... Exactly the same as that. What he'd do is he'd make make it into a base, and then he'd sit in it and play the four hundred pound console. 
Uh, how how mind how the kids you know the minds of kids work? I do not know. No, and especially when they think, doesn't this look good? And you think, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that you've. I think I've not seen anything like that since Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, no, of course. Or was uh, it the Dustbin Man? It was one or the other, but I can't remember which. <laughs> but those days, you were then you you would have saving all your different different um, cardboard boxes and squeezy bottles from fairy washing up liquid or whatever. Yeah, ready for the next Blue Peter thing. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you build your space rocket and so and so forth, you know, it's great. Oh, God, yeah, they were the days, weren't they? So I know you've probably got Lego in your in your list, haven't you? I have. I've got Lego on my list as but well. I thought I'd go one step further and remember Stickle Bricks. I had Stickle Bricks as well. I, I had those when I was about three. No, I was... When when you texted me earlier about doing this this afternoon, um, I just I, I just went on a website for images and it brought back some great memories of stickle bricks. Finding that on the, on a website, yeah. And again, it's all about your imagination. It is. And it is. It, it was still rockets and I think it was more to do with spacecraft for me building out of stickle, stickle bricks. Mm. I mean, they're a great little idea that you have a plastic mould with, with with little nibs of plastic that separate where you just join them together. I think it was great. Yeah, it was sort of like the plastic version of Velcro. Yeah, but it's but thousand where you if you went on a microscope to look at a Velcro and how that was, that was what it would be built like, literally with these long inch inch bits of plastic that are just pinpointed in between each other, yeah. where you just class them together to, to make whatever you want um, with all the different shapes you were given in the box mm. yeah but do you want to quick talk about Lego because as much as we probably we, we, we burnt this this one out many times yeah I mean what I well still have is a is in boxed so it must be worth quite a bit of money actually yeah uh, is um, remember one year my mum and dad bought me a knight's castle um and I knocked it down and rebuilt it so many times that I, eventually I didn't actually need the instructions. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I remember it was bright yellow, bright yellow, and I had um, horses as well, um, you know, which was quite unusual for Lego back then. Yeah. So um, there was there was loads. You know, it, it was a, it was a massive thing as well. You know, it was something like about two foot square. Yeah. Was this uh, this castle? Or at least that's the way I remember it. It's probably about three inches or something in reality. You know, <laughs> you know how your sense of proportion changes when you're an adult. Um, but yeah, so that, that was always uh, quite a good one. But I'll tell you what, I did have, um, and then again, this 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 takes me back to a place that where I used to where I grew up called Farrows and Kitchens, which is now Boys. Um. And they used to have the toy section next to the cafeteria that they had in the shop. Mm. And so, you know, when when your parents took you for a coffee, which was about the only place in Stortsea that you could actually get one when I were, you know, when I was that age, because uh, there was no costas or whatever. You had, they, had to, they had to go through the toy aisle. So, of course, you know, kids well, being kids, I want to look at the toys, it, blah, blah, blah. But isn't that the idea of it, though, that, that mums and dads can chill out for a coffee? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and, well everyone else, all the kids will be just, you know, in those those aisles looking at all the different toys that are there. Yeah, but then going, you'd be on the nag for 
buying stuff as well. <laughs> but the get out of jail card there was just wait for Christmas and we can see what what will happen. You know, was, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Christmas was two weeks ago. Though. I want to know what this one now. But, but being the only child, though, that's mm. sort of like was you know never an issue for me that much. To be honest, my parents were quite generous in that sort of way. Yeah. I think that other parents would have called it spoil. I was spoiled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, what I always remember is getting this um, moon buggy Lego set. Mm. And it was, you know, of, you know, the uh, lunar rover that they made for, you know, for when they landed on the moon. Yeah. It was a model of that. And it had a Lego astronaut, but it wasn't. The figure wasn't the same as the Lego figures now. It was the original Lego characters. Do you remember those with the great big heads? And you could have, you know, you had the arms that moved about and stuff like that because they came on a on a thin, um, a thinner brick with clips on each side, so you could clip on the arms. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those figures, but dressed as an astronaut. <laughs> So I I always remember that because it had also like a little visor that flipped up and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that was a a good a good Lego set was that for the time I thought. Yeah. No, and I no. think it was the only time I ever came across the original Lego people before they changed it to what is now in the Lego movies and that. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. So, Do you want to say about Etch a Sketch? Well, yeah, it's funny because. When we go back, when we, when we see a, a movie like Toy Story, aren't half of our toys sitting in that in that playroom? Oh God, think? yeah, yeah. I definitely. mean, I did, I, first of all, I, before we just go about this, I never mentioned the Slinky, and used to have hours of fun. I think as a way of getting exercise as a child was to run up and down the stairs watching that Slinky go from from step to step all the way down. Yeah. Uh, With your mother shouting, "Take your trainers off!" Yes. <laughs> but the but the the etch sketch uh, was such a great idea. I never could probably do a Da Vinci on it, but yeah. But do you know what I mean? It was uh, it was a great um, a great great device that I think still lives today. It does, yeah. You can get an app for it now, though. Oh, can you really? Yeah, etch a sketch app and do it on your phone or whatever. Oh man, that's just mental. Uh, again, that was a. I think that of its time, it was something that everyone would would want to have. Um, yeah, they're twenty quid now on Prime for Amazon. Yeah, the actual the, the classic version. Yes. Oh, and it looks exactly the same. Look at that. You're going to order yourself one now, really, aren't you? Talk yourself into it. <laughs> oh, you can get it by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but the, no, but, I, I, I had one of those as well. They, they were good fun. Seventies yeah. toys, I think, was the best for me. They mm. really, they really stood out. I mean, I don't know about when I see kids' toys today. And just a quick note: um, when we talked about it a little while ago, but um, toys for us have gone under, haven't they? They have such a shame. Yeah, and they were too damned expensive for starters. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not good to see because there's thousands of jobs going out there but you might be able to pick up an Etch-a-Sketch for cheap <laughs> maybe maybe I do, I, with them going into receivership though will he actually be traded now uh, I think so because I did see I saw it on the news and there was some big sale big sale signs outside they got to clear the stock somehow yeah that's true probably so, just sell it all to Smith's 
Yeah. Well, they might even buy them probably and then put their stock in their shops. But, yeah, but anyway, possibly. yeah. So um, yeah, Etch a Sketch is another great um, one that you'd never get bored of. Yeah. Very true. Okay. What What's your next one? Starbird. I bet you've not heard of this. You chat. I Google. Okay. So Starbird mm. was. Um, I don't know whether or not it was associated with a cartoon. If it was, I'd never seen it. Um, but basically, it was just a spaceship yeah. that um, had like detachable fighters on the wings uh, and lasers at the front and a, like a big, so what looked like uh, a half Death Star on the top, but with the Millennium Falcon's uh, gun stuck on top of that. I remember this. Yeah, I had I this. May, I may well have had it. The Electronic Starbird by... Um... By MB? Yes. Oh, yes. God, yeah. It's funny what you, what you do and don't remember as a kid. Yeah, well, I had that, and I also had the base that went with it, which was made out of cardboard. And part of that base mm. was actually the base of the box, so that when you uh, took the lid off, you had to turn the... When you emptied it out, you turned the bit that held everything inside... Yeah. upside down and it was all printed as part of the bottom of the base and then you would put the, this flat piece of cardboard over the top of that mm. which then had these uh, like supports going around the edge that you hooked in and then it had, had had a tower on and you could land your starbird on top of that uh, and that was quite large uh, when it actually uh, got made up but uh, yeah I had one of those and I used to love it I didn't know what where it came from or whatever and also the front bit it had like a source of separation mm. mode as well so you could take the front end off so okay. it went into battle mode <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's actually where the next generation got the idea from, to be quite honest with you. It may well have been, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, Starbird, uh, I, I loved it. It was great. Um, played with it for hours uh, and hours and hours. So, but yeah, it was Starbird Space Avenger, wasn't it? The bug, uh, bug-eyed monster. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear! It uh, does, does remind me the colours and and the way that was built very similar to the that track game uh, I had with the, the the space shuttle that would go around in it. A very similar sort of uh, looking device for that. So yeah. I'm going to be going onto YouTube later and have a good old scout about and see what I can see on there. Yeah, well, that, yeah, it's a, it was a great toy. Was that? Yeah, absolutely. There's something I haven't written, another one I've written down, because I think we're going to come across a few of these that, that we remember as a kid. Do you remember the, you get these, you get this like big circle, cardboard circle with film cells in it all the yeah. way along, and you put them in this little camera to view the cells? Oh, yes. Yeah. I can't and then res- you would click and it, it would move it on. Yeah. yeah, that's it, that's it. And they were bright red, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I, had, I remember those. Because um, I, had, I had a lot of Jerry Anderson stills and stuff like that. And they, they, were, they were a fantastic little device. Again, that was probably something in the back of Toy Story. If you if you look on there, I'm sure that was in there. Yeah. Uh, great great little um, uh, device. And again, these accessories you buy were different different um, sets. I think they were for, I think you sort of get little sets, which were just like TV shows, and you just click on what, watch each still. 
Mm. Not not literally together to see someone walk, but it was just viewing uh, an image. As much as you would, even a, like a, as a kid, remember the kaleidoscope toy? Do you remember oh, using that? You would spin that and the beads and it, and it would, and the light would just give a different kaleidoscope image. Yeah. Next of all, you're going to be reminiscing about having a stick with a piece of string and a <laughs> spinning top, are you? <laughs> what, with the penny farthing chasing me from behind? Yeah. <laughs> and a hula hoop. Yeah, I think I had some hula hoops, probably did. Actually, I did as well. <laughs> Used to stand there in the garden, you know, gyrating my hips loads and loads and loads. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, God, God, yeah. Well, anything else comes to mind? Uh, so well, you, you've got in, in yours Tonka Toys, and I'm going to say about Tonka Toys for me as well, because I had um, like a Winnebago Tonka Toy, and it was huge, and uh, um, you could lift the lid off, or rather, you oh, uh, sort of like lifted it up, and then it went to the side, mm. um, and then there was like the full Winnebago inside, and it came with two characters, and this thing was massive and heavy, and I used to sit on top of it, and you know ride it around the house <laughs> <laughs> well they were i mean these tonka boy sorry tonka tonka toys were unbreakable yeah pretty much so they were just they were fantastic i mean i i had like a sort of a the, the, the truck digger type which would leave me getting filthy and dirty in the garden yeah um, just driving, driving this around. We, I don't know why kids always lie on the floor and have the truck higher than them so they can drive it as if they're looking at it from a different angle. Never got yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're really great, really great. Now, even though you've you've had a lot of figures, um, you've got a couple more f- um, sort of figure types there. One I didn't put in there, which I did have. Um, and you've got Action Man as well because there, there's a quite a big selection of. Oh, a male, huge selection of action, man. Of Well, male dolls, should we say. Yes. I, I think that's what they were... As much as Barbie and Cindy were around for the girls. Yeah. We had um, Action Man. We had the planet... I'll say you had the Star Trek characters. We had, we had Star Wars. I've had... Uh, yeah, so the $6 million man would have been mid-70s in his red tracksuit. Yeah. Um, classic. Oh yeah, I had uh, had that as well. It was brilliant. Again, I I think the the toys of of, of the time they they could just bring out any of the, anything TV show related. They would bring out these um these sort of doll type that was there. And there was I think it was never ending. They could always bring something out every year, whatever it was in at the time. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I don't remember if it came with any sets though. Um, no, they, there was an Oscar, wasn't there? Oh, did that? I, I can't remember if there was an Oscar or not now, to be honest. Um, I can't remember. I'm sure that there was. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I just, I just remember, I remember the Planet of the Apes ones I had. Oh, I never had Planet of the Apes toys. Never had them at all. And I'm not sure when they came out, but they were, you had like the gorillas in their war outfits wouldn't that have been early 70s when the TV show was going on in the movies? Possibly, yeah, possibly. I, w- I would have thought so. That Actually, they must have been a precursor to Star Wars' um, you know, um, 
toy juggernaut, as it were, and the hype yeah. that goes with it. Because, yeah, because obviously with, with all this, there was all the comics that would follow as well. Yeah. I remember the Planet of the Apes had those, and, and obviously Star Wars brought out a, a, um, a serialised version of the movie in comic form yes, as well, did. you know. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Um, just looking at your list, there's a few there that are – sort of toys that are the game section we call it if you had yeah yeah more, more gamey sort of ones so like operation which is still going today uh is buckaroo going as well i think yes yeah still going as a matter of fact to play it sometimes with my son yeah oh great um simon says as well yeah that would that be more was that more late late 70s 80s can't remember now that yeah was. i think it was about early 80s wasn't it something like that simon says yeah but there's lots of variation because it's like nowadays there's a bop it which is basically simon says but a different you know like a reimagining because rather than flashing lights you get certain things that you have to pull and push or whatever as well yeah no, uh, that's true yeah so they're all you know much and muchness really in, you know, in terms of what they do um but, you know, my son's got that. And, of course, some of it as well, cards. You know, people, even top trumps, you know, oh. play those as a kid. Yeah. The only difference is, is that the content has changed now. That's the only difference. Still plays the same. No, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the, you had the, obviously you would have the cards. You'd have, sorry, you'd have the cars, for example. I remember yeah. seeing ones like that. But they, I think they, they, they're out again still now. Um, yeah, well, but- I mean, uh, my son's got a few different decks of uh, top trumps. And a matter of fact, uh, I've got a Stormtrooper face with a set of top trumps inside it. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, 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 yeah, a uh, First Order Stormtrooper. Uh, and then inside is a pack of top trumps in there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, uh, to be honest, I just bought that as a bit of decoration from my desk rather than actually wanting to play with the top trumps. They're still in the seal. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, yeah. Um, did you did you have an evil Knievel by any chance? I always wanted one, but I never got one. Yeah. Can you hear the violin in the background? <laughs> yeah. Because it was because when you used to because when obviously you, you'd put the stunt motorcycle into its its um, charging point of as, as such, and you hear that, and you'd be winding this thing up like a little yeah. maniac, and then letting it go, and you had all these books to try and make it to do the stunts that it would never do that it did in the TV ad. Yeah, yeah, it would never <laughs> ever do anything that you wanted it to do when it was from the TV ad. Yeah, they were flying through the air in the ad and all sorts. Mine never did that. <laughs> no, no. Um, my friend's ones never did either. I remember uh, being round at my, um, my friend at primary school. His name was Tim Cunningham, although we always call him Calla. Yeah. Why we always call him that, I don't know. <laughs> um, but we went round to Calla's house and, you know, Pl- uh, played with his evil Knievel, uh, mm-hmm. trying to get him to do the the jumps and the stunts, and he just invariably ended up going <laughs> a bit like the real evil Knievel in <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah, it's that- probably quite a life authentic doll, to be honest. Oh god, yeah, I uh, think you'd never have the room in the house. Though. I mean, if you went out on the path, out on the road, so, or not on the road, but sort of outside the house, you have a bit more room to play with. Yeah. But he never roared as well, did he? No, he didn't like the concrete. <laughs> no, not at all. 
I'll tell you something else as um, as well as that. Remember the little green soldiers you used to get? Oh, these are the ones that were in Toy Story, yeah? The bucket, yeah. bucket of soldiers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we used to get packets, didn't we? Mm. Um, I used to have like a gazillion of them. And me and my friend, uh, a different Tim, Tim Ford, this one. Uh, yeah. He, uh, we, um, <clears throat> what we used to do was go into my dining room or my mum and dad's dining room, and we'd set up a battle scenario, mm-hmm. um, and we'd have a hospital which was basically made up of um, four encyclopedias, yeah, three as the walls, and then one as the ceiling. <laughs> each yeah and mm. i'd get my like toy tanks and other like military-esque vehicles and then we get a subutio ball yeah okay so we're, so we did proper battles with this but we did use a subutio ball and the way that we used to play it was it used to be three shots each okay mm. and the winner was the one who annihilated everything on the other side and what you used to have to do is chuck the Subutio ball, and for everyone that it hit and knocked over, yeah, then they used to be dead, <laughs> and they'd have to stay on the battlefield dead. But if you knocked it, and it either half fell over because it got propped up against something, or you or it hit it, but it didn't knock over for whatever reason. Mm then they had to go to hospital because they were injured and you had to go and put them in hospital for three rounds. <laughs> but you could kill the people in the hospital if you took the Subutio ball really hard and you knocked the hospital over. <laughs> I always remember playing that because how the hell we didn't break something with this Subutio ball that was pinging around like a ping pong ball. Yeah, yeah. I God. don't know, but that's that was the game that we always used to play. While having Queen on in the background. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you said about playing games, right? Did you ever play Kerbsy? Oh, with a football, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think you ever see it these days. That um, if I explain this to people that haven't got a clue what they're talking about, was that you would stand on one side of the road, I would stand on the other, and you would have a a, a ball, a football about the size of a basketball sort of size, and you would aim it at the curb so it would bounce back and you would catch it again. Yeah. And if you didn't, you'd have to throw it over and then it'd be the next guy's turn. Yeah. The most simplest of, of games would last ages until you would shout, car! And you have to stop and let the cars go past, but you carried on. Yeah, well, I was lucky I lived down a cul-de-sac. Um, so, really, right down one side of the road that I lived in, mm. um, it was someone's garden. And I remember we always used to get told off because half of the time, you know, when you got one of those shots where you hit the curb, but then it went straight up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Like vertical. Mm. And then, you know, it'd just start to tip and then it would fall over the other side of the fence. What we used to have to do in order to be able to retrieve our ball, because the woman who lived there, she was like pretty miserable, to be honest with you. Um, where I lived, it was behind a cemetery in this garden, mm. which was very narrow. It was a bit of land that they'd sort of like claimed for themselves sort of thing between yeah. my road and the um, cemetery. We used to have to go into the cemetery because there was a, a break in the in the fence. So we'd sneak into the cemetery, run along, climb over these spiked fences that they had. 
<laughs> you know, iron, you know, iron railing sort of fences. Retrieve our ball and go back before she could actually notice that we dropped the ball in the garden. It's sort of like, you know, looking back, it was sort of like, it was really quite dangerous. As a matter of fact, I know it was um, somebody who were. Uh, the nephew of my next door uh, neighbour one yeah. day went to do that exact thing and got themselves impaled. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Halfway over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you had a punctured ball. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Mr. Victor Meldrew type, yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that was um, that was what we always used to do when we were playing Kerbsy. But we always we tried to use a football rather than a, a tennis ball because it was a bit better with a football. Mm, yeah, but yeah. you could play it with either. <laughs> true, true. It was um, just a little bit more, <clears throat> more unpredictable with a tennis ball. <laughs> oh, maybe we used to play. We, I mean, I remember at school we used to use a tennis ball as a football. Yeah, just because of the size, and it was this is just the way it did it. Oh yeah, you used to do that at school all the time, especially yeah. at break. Yeah. Because the amount of time you see all those balls on top of the roof of the school there, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure the I'm sure the teachers used to flog them off to someone. Oh god, yeah, we used to always get those taken off us. Yeah. So, any games you had? Did you have, have any games that would give you sore blisters and fingers and things like that? Do you remember any any that would do that? Um, bliss? No. <laughs> so obviously, I've mentioned this before. First is crossfire. Where you were, you would you would have a gun attached to oh a, yeah yeah attached to each end of a pitch, and you would fire the metal ball bearings out, and obviously yes. you would get them in. Yeah. But the other one I had was, do you remember the two fighting robots in a boxing ring? Yeah, well, that's still going now. Yeah, and you, knockout. Is it called knockout now? I haven't mm. got a clue whatever we'd call it now. I'm sure it's called knockout. Yeah. And then the head of the, when you would use your two think your two thumbs on the on the on the buttons when you're holding the graspers until the first robot would would get a get a head knockout and then his head would spring up on a on a <clears throat> on a on a spring and it would just pop up and you have to reset it down to to do the next round. Yeah, um, no, I, I I don't think I have actually played it to be honest, but yeah. Anything else you got on your list? I've got one thing which is going to do is one. Uh, one thing to do as all as one, but um, what is that? Dinky toys. Yeah, yeah, and, and corgi. Yeah, corgi. It was corgi and dinky. They're more or less the same, aren't they? <laughs> well, um, just I, I, I was just thinking before we go on to that. Mm. Um, I forgot to mention. Do you remember rom? What do wrong rom? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not not you do wrong wrong. <laughs> I'm not talking about the management. Yeah. I'm talking about the action figure rom. Because um, Action Man had a space suit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or there was a space Action Man, which I had, and it came with this rubberized space suit. But he had, um, I don't know whether or not he was a bad guy or a, a good guy robot that went with him, but there was a character called Rom, which was like a robot Action Man mm. with like red eyes, you know, lit, lit up. So would it have been the same sort of idea as Gort? For example, as a robot. Um, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Actually, um, I've, got a, I've got a picture of Rom in, in a box. Here we go. So he looks like he looks like vintage Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, a bit like that. But I on had the, one of those on the, on the Cylon. 
Yeah, I, I had I had one of them um, many many years ago. The the real basic one that you know only moved like very stiffly, not the one that you can pose the arms to the side and stuff like that. But yeah. it, it's sort of like yeah, it looks a bit like a cross between like vintage Cylon and uh, Iron Man had a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit stretched, but I, but those sort of those sort of robot toys that came out, especially in the the late sixties, early seventies, I have a, had a few different versions of those types of robots. But one of mine got broken by my dad, and it was a Dalek. All right, yeah. Because I was frightened. My younger brother, I used to scare him with the Dalek. Don't know how that works, but I did at the time. So he actually trod on it and smashed it to bits. Because I was annoying him so much. I actually, never, I will never forget that. I tell you, as long as I live. Actually, I've just, I've just actually looked up while we've been talking about Ron, mm. and I never realised this because I always thought it was an action man character, and it's not. There, it's uh, just, it's just based a on type. the Rom comic book, Rom uh, the Space Knight. You know, that's what it's based off. So it wasn't action man at all. But I, for all this time, forty six years, I've thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was an action man toy, and it wasn't. It just happened to be the same size. <laughs> there yeah. you go. But it's based on a comic. But he looks—he looks very sort of much like he look. He does look like a Cylon. I must admit. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very much that sort of design from uh, that era, wasn't it? Really. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen seventy-nine. The um, the comic book was out. Yeah. Well, uh, also this. Rom was actually my first experience of going into Argos. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember um, my dad taking us uh, down to, with my mum, to uh, Argos at Borough Bridge Road at uh, Middlesbrough mm. and uh, picking that up when I was a kid. I must have been about seven or eight. Yeah. Something like that. But uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> That is a blast from the past. <laughs> it's amazing how sometimes you misremember things as well, isn't it? No, well, I say I was I was looking up Corgi, and I remembered having the the James Bond DB five and the nineteen sixties Batmobile. Yes, I had the nineteen uh, sixties Batmobile. In a matter of fact, the Batmobile from mm. the, from the nineteen sixties shot, um, my mum and dad had taken me to uh, Harrods, where oh. I got it from. Oh, okay. And when we were there, when we came out, I was playing with it because I had the backboard attachment to the back of it That's as well. Right. You, know? you did, yeah. There yeah. was one, yeah. Um, I had, uh, I had that, and I remember playing on it. And I was listening. My mum and dad listening to the radio. And I was sat on the middle part of the seat, showing my dad this. Mm. And my dad said, "Shut up a minute!" And it was announcing that Elvis had died. No, really, really. That, oh, that is nineteen seventy. <laughs> Would that be seventy-seven? Yeah, remember, remember rightly. Yeah, would have been. God. So there you go. I know yeah. where I was when Elvis died. <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually, because I was at home. I was living in 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 uh, sort of the Slough area at the time. I think, yeah, because we were just about to move move from Slough to, to Twyford. And, uh, yeah, my dad uh, we had the music on at the time, and he was saying about it. I was, yeah, crazy. Yeah, 16th of August, 1977. There you go. Just before I moved, yeah, that's oh, how weird is that? Um, so, as much as Corgi was a favourite, Dinky Toys for me was the number one toy for cars. 
So I think I had more corgis, to be honest. Yeah, and the licks. I, I did. I did Google dinky toys, and I looked at images, and I found all of these there. And there's a little theme here, <laughs> which you're probably going to work out. Yes. So the first one I, I saw was the Space 1999 Eagle Transporter. Yep. Which was which was the base. It was green with all the white barrage bit that would go over the the transport section. Yeah, I, I, had, I had the nuclear power one, which was red, and it had the nuclear waste yeah. pods underneath, which had a crane that you could lower down. That's it, yeah, yeah. I had the Captain Scarlet SPV, which was quite cool looking. Yeah, very I had, classic. I had two from UFO. The Shadow Interceptor and the missile would fire. Yeah. And the mobile car, which was when they went on reconnaissance. Which was, that was, in, was that the one where they drove backwards? They were they were like a dead like tank tank wheels if you're with me five or six wheels in a row. And yeah, but but one of them when they actually drove it, the characters they were, they were sat facing the back looking at a screen of oh, what was no, coming up. No, that was the SPV. Was it Captain Scarlet? Yeah, because you. When I knew you, it was one of them. I couldn't remember which yeah, one. Because if you'd flip the button open, you'd see inside, and there was it was just, just the chairs opposite each other. Yeah. Um, then there was Thunderbird 2 I had and Joe 90's car not that Joe 90 probably drove it much because he was a kid but yeah it was a very well, if he did he drove it illegally probably but it was a very weird looking um, it looked like it looked had a, a big nuclear exhaust on the back of it with these big yeah. wheels at angles popping out yeah but, I, I had Lady Penelope's vehicle the pink did pink go well with you then? Did it on the um, on the Rolls Royce? <laughs> to be honest, I have no idea what possessed my dad to buy me that. <laughs> Maybe that was it was his idea, not yours. I, th- I think it was. I think he just fancied the idea of having a, a Rolls Royce stinky toy. So, <laughs> uh, and I was looking, I was looking online, and they are still. If you have those, they are worth a mint. I'm and not sure what condition mine will be in. Mine would have been be quite chipped and all sorts because they were properly played as a child. Yeah. But yeah, Jerry Anderson toys for me, I think, late 60s, all through the 70s. Well, early start, early part of the 70s. Yeah. Um, as, a, as, a, as a kid, I wouldn't say, say teenager, but as a child, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, pretty good. That was a good bit of uh, reminiscing down memory lane. Oh, but, we didn't, we, but we could have mentioned all sorts. I mean, you had the Kanaka things with the, the ball with the two the two plastic balls on the string and you would bounce them together, which these days is health and safety. You can't have them. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think half the toys we used to have, they wouldn't allow them due to um, injuring one child. Yeah. But yeah, really good fun. Enjoyed that. Yeah. So we've got some uh, things from the Facebook group as well. Some of the ones that people have uh, read. Have you got that up on your screen or shall I just read them out? I haven't, so I'll allow you, if you want to just read them, yeah, because I can't, I can't see it at the moment. So Okay, so uh, Dave Rivet uh, has said, so my favourite game as a kid was uh, Beat the Black Ball. So simple, so frustrating, and everyone wanted to play. Oh, and I could beat my dad at seven or eight years. That was a big deal around the 77, 78 era. Yep, it definitely was. <laughs> um, John Cowling, never had toys, always been a game since the 70s with the 
uh, Commodore Vic 20 and Atari 2600. Well, you've missed out there. Absolutely. Um, Nick Hubbard has uh, said uh, one that we've forgotten to mention in our uh, figures as well. He-Man figures. Mask yeah, well, figures. Yeah, because, you see, that would have been – I would have been a teenager then. Yeah, I was sort of like on the tail end of the He-Man figures. I only had Skeletor. Mm. I got bought that for Christmas one year. Uh, Visionaries figures didn't have those, and Transformers, which I had put in a list, but we hadn't talked about. Mm. Um, Alan Cochran has said a game that I used to play. <laughs> this is me. Really, you used to play this? Sabutio. Yes, I had I had Sabutio. I had a football version, and I also I had Sabuto cricket as well. I don't know how you would play Sabuto cricket. <laughs> no, because what you would have is you would hold on to the. If I remember rightly, you had the cricket bat attached. It was really clever how it worked, but again, it's a very slow-paced game, just like cricket. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I used to have like a, a massive uh, Sabuto set. Mm. I had, you know, the um, felt. Uh, pitch that you could get and my dad uh, went and got this massive bit of chipboard to pin this thing on which mm. we had in our sun lounge uh, on a table and it had stands and all sorts of it but the stands were a pain in the backside because you had to reach over to do the flicks and sometimes you couldn't get to the way you wanted to go no no um but i always remember uh, playing that and I went round to some other people's houses and got my backside handed to me by uh, someone, one of my mother's work friends invited me round to uh, have a game with her son and I was like seven and he was like 14 mm. so you can imagine how that, that game went for me <laughs> really I didn't do very well uh, especially since I'd only just started on Sabutio as well but I remember getting the paints and painting in the different coloured teams and stuff like that because yeah. when I was growing up even though so I would what, live so what happened then what what turned you off football what what changed do tell find it, I just find watching sport Bearing in mind, I'm using the word watching sport to be incredibly boring. Mm. I just do. I I am not into this whole uh, thing of you know what uh, you know supporting teams and whatever. Um, it's just not. It's just not. It's just not for me. Um, I don't. Mm. I don't know what it is. I like playing sport. Yeah. I didn't like playing sport as a kid. Ironically. Um, but I like playing sport now, and I just can't do it that well now. Mm. Um, but no, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think it was a, a combination of a lot of things, and I just, it just turned completely turned me off. Yeah. Um, football uh, and sports generally. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's just been like that for that many years now i can't remember what the actual catalyst of it was but you know there's a, a lot of things just happen so i'm not bothered about watching sport yeah yeah um, okay <laughs> but I, I mean you know i used to very very many years ago when i did kind of watch a little bit of football i used to be a spurs fan that's okay at least you got that a bit right <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad used to come from, well, even though he's Welsh, he lived in London for most of his life, so sort of like, you know, supported my dad's local team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, 
Uh, where, where, where do we have? So we said at Allen's. So Jason Toon, my favourite toy as a kid was Lego. I used to play with the stuff for hours. Yeah, mm. can go with that one. I used to do the same myself. Yeah. Andrew Emsley said, uh, somebody beat me to it, but the He-Man figures. Um, Mark Sharman, big track, was an amazing, but put a lot of time in the Rubik's Cube and a Rubik's Snake. There's two uh, other ones that we didn't mention as well, because yeah. Rubik's Cube was big when we were kids. Well, actually, I was a teenager when I bought that. <laughs> well, it's, it's being a teenager, you're still a, ch- a kid, aren't you? Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still a kid now, as Mrs. tells me, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, my Mrs. tells me exactly the same thing. I just said, but you love me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, John, uh, John Str- uh Stangroom says uh, the Dukes of Hazard stunt set and Scalectrics were in my bag, uh, as well as classic Space Lego. Yeah, hey, yeah. Paul Barber, he's also said Scale, sorry, Scalectrics and Super Striker and Meccano. God, Meccano, I forgot all about yeah. that. Yeah, I, did, uh, I had Scalectrics, must admit, I had, I had vintage. My my set was probably a very old set, but it was uh, more vintage cars. The Formula, well, not say Formula One, but the of what was of the time, you know. Yeah. Well, it's also uh, Paul's actually given us a, a little text. He says, probably, and um, why nowadays it's FIFA and Forza Motorsports, and I left school and became a mechanic. I was a late, uh, late baby. My dad was fifty six. My mum forty two. They had no money, and I faced early. Uh, and face early retirement due to ill health, so presents were basic. I don't uh, don't mind. Uh, did not know why. Uh, did not know any better. But um, one year, my brother was uh, in the navy. Bought me a, a full uh, top of the range scale electrics. Remember coming into the living room, uh, and he'd uh, opened a box uh, to display it to me. And I uh, generally asked who it was for. Very magical moment. Uh, I realised it was mine. Um, I've never forgotten the feeling of kindness in the years, and I uh, replied, uh, repaid the favour uh, when his luck was down and bought him a cracking Christmas present to cheer him up, a top-of-the-range mountain bike. Uh, I uh, sneaked into the garage on Christmas Eve and left a note on it saying, enjoy your very own scale electrics day. Mm. Oh, classic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. No matter of fact, we, I mean, we never mentioned bikes either. I know they're not technically toys, but obviously something that you have as a kid. And I never had a bike as a kid. Didn't you? I had a chopper. Well, hey! I was about, I was, oh, about I was about to say, but my uh, one of the neighbours' kids had a chopper as well. Yeah. So, yeah, but. Great. It's been a good show, this one, hasn't it, for a bit of reminiscing? Oh, God, because we're old farts now, so... Um, well, speak for yourself. <laughs> it's, it's, what we like, it's what we like to do, isn't it? Back in the day. It is, yeah. We've really turned into our dances. Well, I remember when. <laughs> yeah. Next thing, it'd be, it'd be, a t- it'd be TV adverts. That'd be even, even worse to do, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about Horvis. Hey, I remember those days when I was a lad doing that Horvis uh, <laughs> <it>. walking. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, Anything else to add to this, Steve? So no, not that I can think of. I'm probably sure I'll I'll sit down in a minute when I have a cup of tea and I think, oh, should have said that, but no. Because I think I think we've been pontificated on this for about an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, people have already skipped it already now, haven't they? So yeah, yeah. Well, there is the in the. Uh, 
um, description of the podcast below about, you know, um, what where the track times are. I've tried putting those in now so people can skip it if they want. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, in that case, then, without any further ado, we'll go on to the listener questions. John, what's happening to us? Okay, so time for your listener questions now. Uh, and as normal, we've got Mark kicking us off. So, do you enjoy retro games? Do you find 8-bit and 16-bit games have a certain charm? Or do they just put you off trying a game? Uh, Steve? <laughs> Occasionally, I might go back to the odd game or two. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have on the Xbox um, Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Um, I've got there's a little little mini box set of a three of three games coming in that one, <clears throat> and there's another set with for Sega with Golden Axe and we have things like that. But just occasionally, I just it's just a ten minute fix, probably as much as that's all it'll be. Yeah, I'd never put a hell of a lot of time to it. I think it's just remembering what they were like, and then yeah, right, move on. Let's go back to. My latest game where the graphics are so incredibly, you know, if you'd have shown those two different versions to someone, if you could pull that out of the future, out of the part, out of the future, and take it to the past and say, "Look, this is what you're going to get," hmm. they'd be putting that 16 bit in the bin and going straight to that, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I have to admit, I, th- I think that the thought of eight and 16 bit games is better than the reality do you, do you agree <clears throat> hmm maybe uh, it's i mean if we can put games like gallagher in this i like to pick them up all the time every now and then mm. you know in space invaders or asteroids they still hold a little bit of charm for me a little bit hmm. i suppose i'm like that with pac-man yeah, Defender, I love. Oh, I love my asteroids. Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah, but not some of the other games. I don't think not nowadays. Anyway, no. If you um, sorry, go on. I was going to say something like Joust, or you know, some of these other. Or even going back a bit, maybe go back further. Yeah. To the eight bit, it's just a pixel. It's a block. It's nothing special, is it? Really. No. Would you have chosen Joust? Had you have not been listening to Ready Player One, do you know it just came into <laughs> it came into my head? Do you like that? Do you know what I mean? And people are going, "What's joust?" <laughs> well, you it's will a find game where you joust. You will find out all about ostriches. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's the idea of retro games is much nicer than the reality of them. This week, I'm not kidding you, I was a couple of nights ago thinking, I've got my Amiga, should I do something with that? And I sat and I thought, I wonder if you can get any enhancements for the Amiga to make it a bit more meaty. So I started watching these um, these YouTube videos where people were reviewing cards that you can get in, which are either based on the 6800 chip that's been turboed or the 6810, 20, 30, 40, 60, whatever. Um, obviously, the later models that you went up to, whether or not the pure 6800s, 
you had more compatibility issues. Uh, but, you know, about expansion, so you could get a whole four megabytes of RAM in there and things like that as well. Yeah. And it's just, I was sat there and I was thinking, <coughs> oh, I could do this, I could do that, I could crack the case open, I could, you know, put that uh, over the graphics chip and I could do this. And I thought, hang on a minute, why? Why am I, why am I even thinking of doing this? I could just do it on a Raspberry Pi and it'd be just as fast or faster. Yeah. And I just thought, and I have a Raspberry Pi and I started doing it and I thought, oh God, no. And I stopped doing it. Stopped looking at these videos. So that was kind of like the end of that. But you could, you can actually buy kits to, upgrade things like your Atari ST or your uh, Amigas mm. to 50 megahertz. Oh, sorry, 50 hertz, rather. Oh, no, it was megahertz, wasn't it? Because yeah. 7.14 megahertz but was when, the uh, Amiga. But when you when you play those games, I think you will your rose-tinted spectacles will suddenly change and you'll be, you'll be off in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly what I did when I started doing... Um, Going doing a bit of retro last year, I just thought no. I actually I prefer where gaming is now. Mm. For me, the furthest I want to go back to is a PS One. Yeah. Um, where gaming really changed. <laughs> well, say, it did for the better. It did, and I think it was at the time it was it was quite an improvement. Oh, it was a it was leaps and bounds above. Yeah, and when we've seen that, when you're seeing the CGI cutscenes at that time, it was like, wow, you know, you're blown out of the water. Yeah. I remember watching, excuse me, uh, Wipeout, the original one, watching a movie, you know, the other FMV. Yeah. A bit of uh, the beginning of that. And I was thinking, I wonder if one day we'll ever get to play games where the graphics are as good as that. And of course, now we're playing games where the graphics are better. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. So, moving on then. Do you want to read the next one? So, do you keep your old consoles? Uh, Mark's got every console owned in his loft, but I've got the original Xbox sitting alongside me, but that's about it at the moment. I think I've got some at my mum's and dad's, but they're in in the loft somewhere as well. I don't even know Mm. what's there, to be honest. Yeah, I have uh, a few. Yes, you have. You got you got you got you got quite a few apparently. I remember you've talked about it in the past. Yeah, I've got. Let me think. Just take a deep breath here. Commodore sixty four, MSX, two Acorn Electrons, a BBC Master, uh, a Commodore Amiga twelve hundred with an eighteen megabyte hard drive, <laughs> and three megabytes of memory. Uh, I have a CD32. I have a PlayStation 1. I have a Game Boy. I have a Game Boy Advance. I have an N-Gage. I have uh, a Dreamcast, a PlayStation 2, a PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. I said PlayStation 1 as well, didn't I? Mm, yeah. Uh, the original Xbox two 360s, three Xbox Ones, a Vita, um, technically because I bought it, I've also got a Switch, <laughs> even though I gave it to my son, 
uh, a Wii U and a Wii uh, and an Xbox One X but and two other Xboxes. As much as you've got all those consoles, when have you ever dug out one of the real old ones last? When did you last did, do that, do you think? Did, did I say Dreamcast? Um, may have done, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what when, I mean? It, yeah, I mean, all right, I know you're on about what you were on about earlier, but when was the last time you dug out the, your oldest console to actually play it? My oldest one? Yeah. Um, donkeys years ago. Because that's it, isn't it? I mean, as much as you can... I, have, I haven't gone back any further back than the PlayStation 1 for years and years and years, apart from under emulation. I reckon you should just watch a video of some of it. That's enough to do than actually playing yeah. it and then think, okay. I, I must admit, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind going back and playing Manic Miner or Chucky Egg or Pajama Rama. Mm. They'd be quite cool to play again. As a matter of fact, let's have a modern realisation of Pajama Rama because that was a weird game. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they were the days. So, oh, yeah. But yes, so that's... Uh, that's what I've got, basically. Okay. Okay. So, should we go to Nikki? Uh, Nikki Wilson, how do you choose what game uh, to play next from your pile of shame? It's whatever takes my fancy at the time, as they say. It there's, is for me as there's, well. There's no rules, no regulations, or do I shut my eyes and go, that one? It just... Whatever I whatever I fancy at the time, really. Yeah, and it, the, the weird thing is, at the moment, I really am getting a big calling to play Rise of the Tomb Raider because I never finished that. Yes, something else I finished. You haven't for a change. <laughs> yeah, but I'm seriously considering uh, booting that up because I've got all of the expansions and whatever for it as well, um, and it'd be nice to get you know knee deep into a game. But at the moment, I'm wanting to watch more than I am play more. Mm. So I'm watching more TV and movies. Uh, so I find getting into gaming, you know, unless it's a three to four hour experience I can knock off in a couple of nights. Yeah. And it, I find it difficult to engage. Well, that's it. We all, go, we all lose our mojo every now and then. Yeah. I mean, to be honest... After finishing Persona Five, I'm sort of in. A, I thought, don't know where to go really, but you know, thought I'd just go and pick up a couple of games on the Game Pass, try them out. I think you did the right thing because you know. also there's always games being added as well, and you know if it stops you having to fork out so much money on games because you think that will come out of Game Pass later on, all the better. Yeah, I mean, so you know, there's a, there's a few. Even actually, I I did download Injustice One because I never finished it. So, after playing Injustice 2 for so much, I might even just have a look at that as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's... I think we've, I think we've got more games now to play than we've ever had. Yes. All the different ways that we can download. The Netflix version. There's Games for Gold, PS... You know, their version, PlayStation's version. Yeah. There's more free games to play now than we've ever had. So, there's never not a an excuse to, to play something or no. I, you know, but we like shiny new things. That is always the, um, the, the, the other part of it that may just sway us to something new all the time. Yes. 
but you know these games that you might have not even dug out of a wrapper and you you play it and realize you know I should have got that earlier yeah I find that always the case yeah me too as well <clears throat> so yeah do you want to do Steve mm. so, Steve? W- so <laughs> okay Steve, Steve so Steve Ridley says with all the snow down in the UK and the world's climate changing what's your playing game routine do you have a controller warm-up, snacks, or do you have... Um, I can't actually read what it says there because it's all shortened, but... Lighted, sound. Yeah, and... Um, then and before what, you finish, what do you do last? What do you do last? Go to bed. Um, yeah. Actually, no, but to be honest, I don't have any warm-up routines as much as my warm-up is when the missus says night, I just go to my hand and pick that controller and go on. That's my warm up. Um, yeah, I don't. I try not to go to bed straight after playing games. I like to chill out for a bit, maybe a bit yeah. of TV or listen to some music just to sort of come down. Yeah, because I don't know you. Have you ever gone to bed after? A, if you've done a, like a multiplayer session, we've done in the past. You sit there and you're sort of still wound up with the gaming. You need to just come out of that. No, to be honest, I can just fall asleep. <laughs> oh, you like that? You're a lazy son, are you? <laughs> yeah, I can just go. I can uh, pretty much go to sleep at a hat. What you know? Uh, while I'm a night owl, when I do go to bed, mm. I'm asleep by the time my head hit the pillow most of the time. But sometimes I just put and nearly watched the whole movie, and I shouldn't have done. But you know, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I must admit, you know, I'm not, I normally can go to sleep quite quickly. It's just I choose not to. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, w- I would love to say that you know my my wife gives my uh, fingers a massage so that they're nice and supple, ready for the re- remote control, and you know the the feel good and that you know I've got the good grip and that there. But in reality, I go downstairs, get a can of coke, come upstairs, switch the telly on. <laughs> yeah, I always hear that as you. <laughs> yeah, and then send you a message to say right, see what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> So yeah, so that's uh, that's a norm for me. Okay, do you want to do Craig's then? <clears throat> yep. So top three video game weapons for me, it'd be Destiny, Hung Jury, Gears of War, the Chainsaw Gun, and Half Life Two Gravity Gun. I must admit, I am very fond of the Hung Jury, and I'd yeah. love to see that back in Destiny Two if they could do that. Yeah. Um, another one, the Portal Gun. Yeah. That was pretty good. And a third one. Hmm. I would probably I'd probably go for the gears, because that was something new at the time. Having the chainsaw yeah. attached to a weapon so you could sit in there, chop someone's head off was just marvellous. Yeah. Can you be different? Have you got have you got a good I know this is on the spot, so Yeah, I'm gonna be uh from Destiny, the icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Before it was nerfed. Yeah, because we, how many nightfalls did we complete because of the ice brick? Hiding behind a rock, waiting to shoot that, take that character out. Yeah, yeah, and just taking him down a few points at a time. It took about forty-five minutes. Um, so the icebreaker, I would say, um, Thorn from Destiny. Mm as well. I did like that as a hand cannon, which was unusual for me because I didn't like hand cannons. 
And finally, oh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say the uh, lightsaber that you had when oh, you played. Oh, <laughs> God. When I... you played The Force Awakens. Not The Force Awakens. Um, oh, well, any of the Star Wars mo- uh, games. Okay. It's a video game. Yeah, yeah, weapon. okay, yeah. I just I, something Star Wars will creep in there somewhere. I'm sure. <laughs> you know me so well. I do. Okay, so Neil McMain is saying, "What's your what's your gaming snack of choice?" <sighs> gaming snack. But then again, I don't like to get my controller dirty. No. If you, and imagine having what's it, for example. Yeah, how much mess they would make on your control. I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh, I, couldn't I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Well, crisps generally as well. Yeah. Um, no, I, Maltesers. Do you know what I'd love to say? Because I have. I, I do have a little bit of a fetish for them. Is pork scratchings. <laughs> not that they're not good for you or anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but actually, I t- I don't mind actually. This is the other end of that is um, probably a little bit of cheddar, cheddar cheese, and some some nuts. Yeah, and I, I've I've never eaten nuts. I don't like them. But so, uh, for for me, if if I'm set, going to settle down, I suppose this answers two questions actually. Hmm. If I'm going to settle down for a night, I'll make a sandwich or do toast with some pate on it. Normally, yeah. duck a la orange. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll sit and eat that for the opening bit um, while I get warmed up, as it were, and then um, probably connect on to you and might have some chocolates like Maltesers or Counters or something like that there. They're clean. They're clean and not so sticky, are they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How about some Marmite and toast? That's not quite good. <laughs> no, that's what I would go duck a orange, not marmite. I don't. I'll eat marmite, but I'm not a big fan of it. Mm. So, but I know, I know that you're obsessed by it. I am. I really am. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So Paul Barber says, "Would you say that 4K TV Pro and X Enhanced has increased your gameplay? Do you uh, switch on your new kit and feel good?" that you've made a heavy investment in your hobby. I feel good about it. Um, I actually put the X on more than the Pro. Yeah. Because I think they've just done a, such a fantastic job in giving you more variation in games from the past that you can now play visually better. I, without, me, without without sorry. sounding... I'm, I don't want to sound too fanboyish when I say that, but Microsoft has done an outstanding job with it. They have. The problem with Microsoft, though, mm. is the lack of exclusives. But hopefully that'll change this next year. Oh, yeah, that probably will. I know. We, I mean, there's some fantastic ones coming up on the PlayStation over the next few months. So, yeah. We've got the best of both worlds, so it's not too bad, is it? We have, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I would, I would say I, I probably play the Xbox more as well. Um, and I have the pro for um exclusives more than anything else Mm. um yeah and in terms of 4k 
yeah, it's beautiful to look at. Um, you know, the level of detail that, that goes in there. Um, so I would normally favour a 4K uh, for you. But to be honest, if the game... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not... I'm not as bothered about which format that I play on about the visuals. I've never been, you know, it's nice to have. Mm, I mean, I don't, like you, you've double dipped quite a lot, where I probably don't. Yeah. But, I mean, what games I've played on the PlayStation still look good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the PlayStation 4 and the Pro are fantastic consoles. It's just what I found with the release of the X is that this has flipped this competition, for want of a better term, between Sony and Microsoft. Um, For me, back to the 360 days, so the 360 is my main console, Mm. or the Xbox One's my main console, and the other one is for exclusives again. And there are a lot of exclusives. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's not a bad thing. So... Yeah. Shall we move on? Last question. So, Alan Cochran, as Hollywood seemed to remake old classic movies into poor versions, but instead, could you pick a bad movie to be remade into a decent version? Um, he's, his idea is The Last Jedi. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Do you know what? I've, I've been um, reading stuff about Abrams getting involved in all of this and saying, you know, that fans are, um, if if they're criticising The Last Jedi, uh, just not getting it or just being disingenuous or whatever. Hmm. No, it's a rubbish movie. Let's face it, it, it's bad. We're going to do a special on it when Steve finally actually gets the courage to actually finish re- watching this yeah, well, it's actually got a, it's, it's got a release date now, isn't it? Are you going to actually are you say this actually? Are you going to buy it on Blu-ray or not? Because it's going to be in your collection then, because it's one of what you have. Well, it's it's canon, it's canon, isn't it? So if I want to have a complete collection, I'll have to, and I have to pour over the movie because I do occasionally the Star Wars theories as well. Yeah, so you know which I've got on my YouTube channel. So I'm going to have to. But it doesn't mean that I like it as a movie. Just no. like I don't like The Phantom Menace as a movie, mm. but it's canon, I have to respect that. But to, to me, I was enjoying the movie up until Mary Poppins. It turned into Mary Poppins. Have you got to that bit in the movie yet? I've got to a bit. I don't know if you, you call it Mary Poppins. I call it Supergirl, but there you go. Right. Lair in space. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah. pathetic. Sorry. It was. It, it Well, to me, it just looked like Mary Poppins. I was expecting a load of children to start coming along and, um, you know, suddenly going into a cartoon world, to be honest. It was mm. ridiculous. The worst. I, I would have much rather Anakin stepped out of the shower and gone, wow, that was a dream. I think that would have been a stronger storyline. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. But. but... <sighs> no. The la- I'd say The Last Jedi needs a remake and it needs Ryan Johnson a hit putting out on him to be honest <laughs> but, anyway. uh, but apart from that it's um, it's due out on the 9th of April yeah two days before my birthday yeah 
But to be honest, I, if, if, I, if anyone else was thinking about it, you'd be better off buying the complete saga on Blu-ray for 48 quid than buying that movie. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was saying. I, th- I think the thing that's the killer, though, is if you are a fan and you want a complete collection, you have to buy it whether or not you like it or not. <clears throat> oh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's my, my, my dilemma, to be honest. Yeah, it's mine as well. Mm. I will buy it, but I don't think it's a good film. Maybe if I watch it again, I might change my mind. Yeah, so I might, you know? I, might, I might wait till April, so you have to have a long wait. But if I can think of another film that can be remade that was bad. On the spot, I can't think of one. Actually, how about remaking one of the older Jaws movies? I know as much as I don't think you should, you should attempt to remake a classic. Yeah. But remaking maybe Jaws, maybe remaking one of the other Jaws movies, just so you get get one of those out there again. Yeah. You know, but really I can't think of anything, to be honest. Sorry about that, Alan. <laughs> well, actually, I, I can't. Star Trek Five, Star Trek Seven, Star Trek Nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just you just delete them from your brain. I, actually, to be fair, Star Trek Eight as well, to be fair. <laughs> Because that was the one that broke the uh, the normal thing, wasn't it? Well, Star Trek V um, didn't go to plan. Do you know what? Star Trek V was, had the best opening sequence of any Star Trek movie with Cybok. And then him suddenly starting to laugh and that. And the way that they did that, and I thought, yes, this is going to be a good film. And then I thought, oh, my God, this is awful. Yeah. Um. No, but no, that. Uh, but I would say the one I would like to see me remade the most would be Nemesis, because that was not a good send off for the next generation. No, it wasn't. I mean, it's okay. No, it's not. It's. I mean, I I can think of a word. I think I can think of another next generation movie that's probably poorer than that. And that's Insurrection. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. That was the one that. Um, Broke the pattern, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, never mind. Mm. Anyway, I think we we come to the end. Is that it? I think that we have, yeah. So, in that case, shall we do our contact details? Steve, do you want to give out your details? Okay, so Twitter, it's at Steve007. PSN ID is the real Steve007. Xbox, Steve007. And my email is Steve007 at hotmail.co.uk. And yours is? Mine is, well, if you want to watch uh, YouTube, you can... For a start off, subscribe to the Pop Culture Gamers uh, YouTube channel. At the moment, we've only got the shows on there, uh, but we will be putting videos on as well. Also, my personal YouTube, uh, just search for Hayden Reese Jones. On Twitter, I'm HERJUK. On PSN, Xbox Live, um, Steam, you name it, I'm, the, I'm on it. I'm on there as HERJUK as well. And funnily enough, my email address is hrjuk at gmail.com. Don't forget as well, we also have our Facebook group, um, which if you just look for Pop Culture Gamers and you can come and join us there. Uh, also, we have our website, which is http colon two slashes popculturegamers.podbean.com. And basically nowadays you can get us on just about any system and we are working on Spotify as well. (laughs) 
So uh, we'll hopefully soon get on there. But if you have picked us up from somewhere else, get us on iTunes, get us on Podbean, get us on uh, any pod on your Amazon Echo if you want. There's and, all sorts of places. And leave us leave us some reviews as well, please. Would be nice. Yes, please. Yeah, it'd be always good to uh, get reviews on any of the systems that you actually use, so we can see those as well. Uh, and you know, we can just keep going from strength to strength. So. I think that's it, Steve, for another week. Jolly good. Look at that. Done well within the time we needed. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you, Steve, for your input again. Pleasure. And other than that, it's a good night from me. And a good night from him. Good night. Good night. You are about to witness history in the making. 